Bar, your city, state, it's across the world. It's in your heart, and it's here. The Bears Country Podcast. Welcome to Bears Country Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Shortino at Mr. Shorty. I'm here with Dan Aguire. We're both just came from the Barroom Network. This is the after show, last call at Hallis Hall. Thank you for joining us. The world, the, the sky is falling, Dan. The sky is falling. We just lost 2012 to a team we should have beat. The game was in reach all the way down to the most momentous play of the game at the final play. The sky is falling. Like, what are we going to do, Dan? What are we going to do? We lost to the Giants. The crudest analogy that I can come up with, and I'm doing this purposely because you know, that's my kind of my gimmick, I guess, on here. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's like I went down on a lady for like 45 minutes and I got her really fucking close and then I just did the wrong thing and then her orgasm went away. It's kind of like the Bears mm-hmm. they had it right there. They had it right there. They could win the game. You were, you, were, just, you were flicking up and down. You started going side to side and then you lost it. I, something happened and like the tingles and the jingles <laughs> with her thighs and her shaking just stopped and she looked at me like, come on, bro. You know better than that. That's kind of like the Bears yesterday. They had it in their grasp. They were about to about to win and give us our big O's as the fan. And then in the end, it's just a frustrating because because it was there for the taking. And to lose your two and two, like I said earlier, the three and one would have been just so much better morally. There are no moral victories, but fuck, they kind of are <laughs> when you're when you're at five hundred. And you got a division game now that you could easily lose, and then suddenly you're under 500 with two division losses. So everything's on the line Sunday now. I mean, it really is a big game. Stay tuned on Bears Country Podcast for that because this week I am interviewing a what I should say interviewing. I'm doing on Wednesday a live. No, I'm sorry. It's going to be recorded, but I'm I'm doing a podcast with a Vikings podcaster, and we're going to kind of do like a quick video on the breakdown of the game. So stay tuned for that. Like and subscribe and set your notifications, as they all say. Look out for that because I'm hoping that goes well because it seems like a nice guy. But so yeah, it, it's like if. Go ahead, my bad. Go ahead. I was just I saying was... we have we have to win this game. 
here's the only thing I can say to give us hope right off the top, because we can still dissect this and be get all this negativity out of the way that we're feeling right now, if at all po- plausible. But the Vikings, now, again, they just won against New Orleans. But most of the time, if you have to go to London to play, the NFL gives you the week off because you're jet lagged, you're traveling and shit, you know. They're coming back from Europe. I mean, you would like to think this is a game where the Bears, just because of just sheer tiredness from the Vikings, should have a chance to win. This has to be the game to win. You're right. That's exactly it. Where's we have to win this fucking game. <laughs> or oh, the other man. guy that we have on uh, from uh, England that listens to us, uh, Chris. Chris Watts was... Yeah. Chris Watts was supposed to be on tonight, actually. He was. He was supposed to be on, but he had to he had something come up. He had to change plans. So he's going to come on with us next Monday night. Love Chris Watts. Which it would have been perfect. Me too. I love Chris Watts. My favorite part of Chris Watts is, is deciphering the puzzle that he puts out into the air that my brain has to take and put back together and make it a word. It's, I, I love listening to him talk. It really is my favorite part about him. As much as he's also such a huge Bears fan, and I, I love his passion for the Bears being from someone that's overseas. And uh, I did a podcast with him when we first started Bears Country Podcast all about that. You guys have to have to check that one out if you haven't seen it yet. It's a good one. It, it, he just ex- describes how the 85 Bears, I mean, they not only took us by storm, Dan, they took the world by storm, and he's living proof of it. I I, I guarantee you, Bearlissimo would have some 85 Bears stuff to say, too, because I don't know how old he is, but he does have some gray going on. So I imagine he's probably in his in between you and I somewhere. So I imagine they affected him as well. The fact that the the, the 85 Bears were overseas, and that's basically what started the movement towards the NFL in Europe, per what Chris was saying. That's really fucking impressive. It was the Bears that did that. The founding franchise of the NFL in the United States is also the founding franchise of the NFL in Europe, too. And we're also the team that can't beat our rivals at all. (laughs) Um, I, I have a suggestion, though, if you don't mind. Uh, if, if, if you're cool with it, it's your show, but again, uh, Sonny, uh, he is a huge Justin Fields fan. And like to the point where he can go off for 20 minutes talking about his passion for fields. I would love to try to get him on, uh, if you're cool with it. Cause I, I think he would be awesome to see again, someone that believes so passionately in Justin Fields. How does he feel now? Given the way the first four games have gone, who's Sonny? His name is Sanjan Jovanovich, but he goes by Sonny. He's been oh, on with oh, yeah. he's been he's been on with us before. Uh, he you know with the bar room, he listens to all the shows. Uh, I guess you could call him a bar fly as part of the gimmick, but he's a good yeah. guy, man, and he's a huge Fields fan. If you wouldn't mind, I'd love to, to to ask him on. I would love to have him on. I'll send him a link right now. Okay, great. <laughs> no, you want me to? I can. Please I can do. Send him a link. What uh, I uh, you'll have to you have private chat right? Yes. Put his email address in the private chat, please. I let me ask him, and, and then um, we'll get. We'll, let's bring him on the show. I would love that because I I was really looking forward to talking to Chris tonight. <clears throat> so, 
That'd be whatever. That'd be awesome. Whatever happened to the gentleman that that got you all that access? Uh, is he okay? He had the death in the family and all that. You know, he was going to come on a few weeks ago. Oh, got- uh, Vernon Roseman. Yeah, he got yeah. Who worked for the Bears? He got me the job for the Bears. Oh boy, yeah. He's had he's had five deaths in his family within the like the last mm, six seven weeks. It's been so we have him lined up. He's he's going to come on. I just I mailed him, got these T-shirts made. I mailed him one of them. He he lives in Washington D.C. and he he found a Bears bar there, and he's going to go into the Bears bar. He's he's already called them, and he he was like, "Are you guys like?" He said, uh, "I have one question for you guys. Do you guys really bear down?" And the hmm. owner goes, "We'll see you this Sunday." So he's going to go and wearing Bears Country podcast shirt that I mailed him, and. Uh, kind of promote us a little bit there and watch the game with them. So he's, he's an awesome dude. He's from Trinidad. He worked for the bears for I think three years and I had all access. That's what this media pass is right here. So it's going to be great when we finally get him on the show, once he gets his life settled and things in order. So he's looking forward to it, but he is, he is coming up soon. Terrific. And I just uh, sent you Sanjin's, uh, his email i text it to you oh you text me it okay yeah well you go ahead and talk uh let's talk about the uh what do you what do you think about the fucking bears running game in this game dan you go ahead and lead off on that while i get this from you um it, it was certainly what wasn't dominant <laughs> the way it had been the last couple of weeks uh but you're missing david montgomery and that is a big you know it's a big loss You know, Khalil Herbert uh, had a great game against the Texans, but I don't know if you can expect him to do that every week. He got 77 yards, especially after Whitehair got hurt. The running game really went downhill. So uh, I'm concerned about it uh, with the the line configuration like everything else. And like you said earlier, the the backup spot now, you know, 25 is looking really slow out there. So the running game, I, it's going to have to be there in Minnesota if we're going to win, unless the Bears would get uh, several turnovers, which Kirk Cousins is, you know, could could serve up. I mean, he has good games here and there. Don't get me wrong. He has good stats, but he's very capable of giving us two or three picks. Speaking of, look, look, look at what you were just talking about. Look at Ebner. Like, where is that? Where is it? I'm not seeing all that these stretch speed. runs. Yeah, every time he would run the stretch play, he's so. I mean, again, this is coming from me being six five and like six hundred and twenty two pounds. But when he's running uh, horizontally, he seems like to. Ha- it's like he's tiptoeing. He has no fucking speed horizontal. It's like me trying to guard an NBA player. He has no lateral <laughs> movement. It appears he's so slow laterally. Maybe if he's going vertically. He has some speed because he showed a burst in the preseason. I know you could say the competition was less than, but man, watch how slow he looks on this stretch run. It's it's jaw dropping. Look at this one too. Yeah, that's the one that in my head that I'm. It's like God damn, like I could I could do that. He gets shoestring tackled. I mean, it's like I could do that. I mean, I could go over there and lose a yard for sure. Where's that? Like where, like. Right here. So there should be a cut right now. Upfield. Nope. He doesn't do it. He should have gone between those two linebackers. If he had that burst, 
if they're claiming he had four two eight, I know J2K earlier said that he had four three in on the bar room in chat, but I think that he came in at four two eight or something like that in the combine, maybe four three. No, I'm pretty sure it was in the high four twos. So this I, I'm not seeing that. I've been saying this kind of from day one, like, yeah, he's fast in a straight line, but where's that cut up field? Like, where's the hip movement? It's just, he reminds me of a, he kind of reminds me of Rashawn Salam. Well, I don't think he'd get 1,100 yards like Rashawn did in 95, though. No, probably not. He'd probably hang out of the ball. <laughs> I don't know who he reminds me of yet. In the preseason, he looked like he passed blocked better than than Herbert for sure, and it seemed like he had a burst. But I guess, again, if you're playing against some the other teams like cuts, that shows up. It'd be like he's playing against us. You know, He would look dominant. <laughs> but against like the NFL mm -hmm. ones, maybe that's the big difference there. I don't know. Yeah, so and the good thing is, with Montgomery is he's they're calling it day to day. So maybe he comes back this weekend. This next Feels week. Like David Montgomery's hurt in October every year, but I'm not going to say that like, Oh, he's, he's weak. Or again, he, he has a propensity to get injured. Cause the one from last week was such a free, it's not his fault at all. He's completely hit from the blind side from the back. He doesn't know it's coming. He can't prepare himself. I mean, that could have happened to anybody. It was. It looked nasty when it, it looked like that Kyle Long injury in Tampa. I mean, I thank God he didn't get hurt to that extent, but it just feels like he's hurt a lot. Um, and again, that's not fair to put that on him. But it, he wasn't he, hurt he, his he, first couple of years. Uh, he was definitely hurt last year. I thought he missed some games in twenty, but either way, it feels like when he's well, hurt, last year he's, he was hurt. Yeah, yeah, it's like he's hurt. He got hurt at the game that Aldo and I were at last year against the Lions. It feels like he's hurt when he's out, he misses like three or four games. But the one thing that's nice about those injuries, like his his injuries, is that when you look at them on game tape, it looks like, oh, shit, he's off for the season. Yeah, and he comes back. And he comes back. The same thing with this last one. It looked like his ankle and his knee were fucked. You're like, oh, he's done. Nope. Day to day. He must be hitting that Walter Payton Hill. Which I've been at. Aldo took me to last year. It's right by his house, literally. Wow, really? That's cool. Yeah, Aldo can take you to it I, whenever we get together in November if you haven't been there. We're trying to figure that out um, as far as all – because we have a game – we have a uh, cur the courtesy of Dave Heiser, the Heiser Group. Thank you very much, Dave, for the tickets that we're all going to. Uh, November 6th against the, against the Dolphins. Dan, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna love these seats, man. But like this, this uh, I completely lost my train of thought thinking about how awesome these seats are. What were we just talking about? <laughs> we're talking about getting hooked up with Aldo to take you to the hill, which is right by his house. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, and people. Uh, so we have this parking. He, he gave us the parking pass to the, you know, parking lot, so we can tailgate, Dan. I haven't talked to you about this yet. I was trying to set it up with Aldo and everything. So we can do that. We can go tailgate before the game. 
I will definitely, if that's what you want to do, I will definitely partake, not in the alcohol part. I, I definitely cannot drink it at nine central time or whatever. Uh, but I've never been a, I'm just being honest. I've never been a tailgate guy. I think Aldo is very similar to me in that regard. Like we want to go in and watch like the team warm up and stuff. Like when we were watching in Cleveland last year, we were like, man, the bears look fucking dead today. No energy. They're not running around. Like Cleveland's all, all excited. And like, you know, it looks like they're really getting into it and breaking a sweat and the bears are just standing around looking at each other. And that's the way the game went. So I think there's a lot of intangibles you can get from just watching the body language and stuff. Not that I'm Bill O'Reilly here, but uh, he always had a body hey, language you're... expert on. But anyway, point yeah, is, I always want to go tailgate, in early. Though. I always wanted to go in early and forego uh, tailgating. But if that's what everybody else wants to do, then by God damn it, I'll be there. No, it's not. It's just something I thought everyone would like to do because I have the parking pass. It came with the tickets, so. If we wanted to do that, I thought if you like to tailgate, but it's not it's not necessarily about the uh, alcohol consumption. It's about, you know, you're hanging out with fans and uh, you're grilling, you know, brats at 10 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, because you got up at six to go to the game and, you know, it's so you're hungry by then. It's just it's a lot of fun. It's if you haven't done it before, you might enjoy it. Well, I'm, I'm game again. That's also we can talk Jenny's, about that later. It's also we can talk about birthday. that later. I think it sounds fun. So, oh, that's true. Let me give her more on her mind. Well, here. we can talk about that later. I just thought you'd be like, yeah, let's fucking tailgate. That sounds awesome. <laughs> Whatever we can do to avoid that bus, to get on the bus where it looks like you're going to jail, that they put you on, like the, the shuttle bus. I mean, it looked like we were all going straight to like some famous prison last year when we were going to the fucking game. So, yeah, the fact that you can park, uh, that sounds good because we were like, man, we've got we've got thirty minutes to get to the bus. We've got to hurry up and get back to the you know, the bus. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I would like to. Well, not what have we that. do is we take the train. Okay. Yeah. So like normally, what we do is my cousin lives. The train ends from Chicago in his town, so we just get on the train in the morning, take the train to Chicago. You know, my idea was we could, you know, meet up in tailgate. But if not, I mean, we would have to do that because we still want to take the train either way because it makes it a lot easier for us, you know. That's well, how we, we used to do it. Aldo drove us into the city, and we just parked, and then we caught the shuttle bus, which was only a couple yeah. of miles. But again, it's like a former school bus that's like blacked out. It looks like there would be like sex offenders on the bus, but it's us. So I don't know. Maybe yeah. we... <laughs> did, did they, they at least give you drinks with it? No, no, it was like you were like literally the, the lady driving a bus was like, now you don't make any goddamn noise back there. No, it wasn't. She wasn't causing us, but it felt like it would have been your school bus driver when you were in like the fifth grade when they're like, we've had enough. Quit fucking talking. Just be quiet, everybody. That's the way it felt. When we went to the Niners game, they had all these like Mercedes Benz minivans parked out front, 20 bucks a person but all the beer you can drink. And they had a cooler in the back and we just packed in it. We each got like four beers. It paid for itself. It was awesome. It took us right to the stadium. Well, a block or two from it and we had to walk. It was a lot of fun though. There's so many different ways to get to the stadium from a, this whole Chicagoland area. It was what makes it so much fun. Uh, one more thing about a previous trip. Last year we were there and uh, there was a religious protester who had a, a megaphone and was like yelling at everybody that went into the game. 
he called my date, Brandy, a blue-haired Nazi. And I uh, just was screaming like he was like, look, look at how these fat people are going to the game, all this gluttony. Go eat your hot dogs and uh, you need to go to church. Just uh, I've got some of the video of it. Like, it was just crazy. Like, we're getting heckled. It's like a, a Green Bay Packer fans. They're screaming at us as we go into the game. But uh, <laughs> someone from the stadium, it was underneath the bridge that he was on, said that they were calling the police. They said, yeah, you can't have a megaphone in Chicago and the city limits without a permit. So they were going to get rid of that annoying bastard. But yeah. Jeez, man. I know there's crazy shit going on around down there. We have your we have Sonny here. You want to bring him in? You want to well, do a drum roll while you, while you introduce him? Ready? Mr. Jovanovic. Or is it Jovanovic? Sonny. What's up, guys? Sonny, so the reason I wanted you to come on is because you and I, you and I were the big proponents of Justin Fields. And it's been tough watching these last three games. So I just wanted to get your – it's Dan's show. I'm just helping out. I wanted to get your psyche, your thoughts, because maybe your opinion here exemplifies all Bear fans in this regard for people that like Fields. So what are you thinking now? No, I, I'm still I'm still on Fields, man. Um, uh, I, I, I'll, I'll put it to you this way, okay? Uh, it's like – I'm not worried because I've seen things that I know me and Dan talked about it. I've seen things that he does, especially in his rookie season where it was pretty much game in and game out where he does things that like I've only seen elite quarterbacks do, you know, you know, putting a ball in such a tight spot where the, the defender has his back turned, you know, specifically, I'll, I'll give you a couple examples of uh, the touchdown against the Raiders. You know what I mean? He, 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 that ball was just to the tight end. I forgot his name, but it was just, it was, a, it was a tight, tight, tight window against the 49ers. I think to Jesse James, he he's throwing balls where only his guy can catch it. And, you know, what I'm trying to say is I, I've seen where this guy, if you, if you give him some time, this kid will tear you apart. There's no doubt about it, but we've seen that Unfortunately, like okay, he has to take some blame himself also in the, in, the, in these past couple of games. But I've seen him that if you give him time, the kid will deliver. So I put it to you this way: like I'm not worried about him because if he's meant to be that guy, all of this is just a, a rough patch. He's just gonna be that guy. There's no doubt about it. Okay, like Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. Okay, you know what I mean? It doesn't matter who the coach is, Michael Jordan is just going to be Michael Jordan. That's what I'm talking about. And I feel the Fields is that guy is that no matter who the coach is or what's going on, eventually it's going to click for him and and and, and he's going to be just fine. I mean, he he's he just seemed to me that he's built like that. He, uh, you know, from the way he carries himself, you know, to, you know, uh, in the games to the press conferences. So I haven't lost a lot of, uh, um, you know, of course, as every other Bears fan, you want him to, uh, you know, when a chance is there for him to make the play, you want him to make that play. Don't be the reason to get people to talk about you. You know what I mean? When when a guy is wide open, you got to make that throw, man. There's no excuse mm -hmm. for that. Um, I agree. Uh, but I still believe in the guy. I I, I don't think that that, 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 that it's to me it's crazy that when i see people you know jumping out jumping jumping off off the wagon i guess whatever you want to call it but i'm not worried uh you know 
I'll always talk about, you know, like for an example, Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I don't believe that Aaron Rodgers became great because he sat behind Brett Favre. I think that's complete bullshit. If you, if you argue about that, then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo should be the next best thing after Tom Brady because he sat behind him for five years. So that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, it's not even who co- who's the coach, you know, Mike McCarthy, like what he he created uh, Aaron Rodgers. Get the fuck out of here. You know what right. I mean? It's like if you're meant to be that guy, you're going to be that guy. There's just there's no you know doubt about it. Justin is very young now. We have to admit that. You know, he's young. His internal clock is still a little bit slower. But at the same time, I wonder if he's holding on the ball a little bit longer because he's trying to get the fucking receivers to be open. Um, you know, so there, there's a little bit of everything uh, going on. But no, you know, to, to you know, so I can stop rambling on. No, no, you're doing, you're doing well. <laughs> you're exactly what I, that's the reason I wanted you to come on. Cause man, you're bringing it, man. Fucking just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> answer Dan's question. Yeah, man. I, I, no, I'm still on team fields, bro. I think if you're jumping off the wagon, you're crazy, brother. Sonny, first off, thank you very much for coming on bears country podcast. That's a pleasure to meet you. I have seen you before on, on Byram network. So thank you for joining us. I appreciate you having me, man. Thank you, sir. Uh, Everything that you have just rambled on about and uh, rambling in a good way is exactly how I feel. And I think it's just, it takes time to learn a new offense. It does people. You're not just going to pick it up overnight. You have to know where the hidden plays are within the plays. Everybody on the fucking offense needs to know where they are. And a couple of the mishaps that people are bitching and complaining about. Oh, EQ was open down the right sideline on this play. Well, he wasn't supposed to be. He changed his route and he missed it. Then they talk about the one where he was standing in the pocket and he looked him dead on. Well, he saw that safety drifting, but by the time he actually took his peripheral vision off of him and looked at him, he realized it was too late. And if he would have slung the ball, then it probably would have been intercepted. So he didn't take it. That's what's going on in my mind, processing what I'm seeing in these plays that people are complaining about. And it takes time to learn the timing of that within this new offense, and especially when the plays change on the fly like that. So I'm not worried at all. And that's why I've, you know, I preached on the Barroom Network. I keep hitting this shitty table with my knee and bouncing my, I apologize. But on the Barroom Network before this, I was preaching the same thing. It's like, just take the time. Let's give him the time to learn the offense. We all thought this team was going to suck. I didn't. I'm going to eat crow probably at the end of the season. I know Dan will too. I know you said 10 or more probably. I said 11 and 6. If it doesn't happen, I'll I'll be happy to sit and eat crow. But at least I have the positivity to think that that's possible. And I think it's going to happen as... He starts to learn more and more. This kid's not stupid. He's got, like you said, Sonny, all the intangibles. He's got elite deep ball skills, elite accuracy, elite mobility, elite like uh, provision. It's just a matter of learning it and repetition and doing it over and over and over again until he 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 masters it. And the kid didn't sit on the bench. You know, some kids can come in out of nowhere and light up the fucking league. 
and some kids can't. And even Patrick Mahomes sat on the bench for a year. You know, Al, Josh Allen took him a couple years to figure it out. He he was also changing regimes in the in the in the beginning. So to finish my rant, this is not on Justin Fields. Everyone, if anything, we need to be worried about about him seeing ghosts like we were talking about and getting. We don't want the happy feet to become a problem, you know. So let's get the fucking offensive line fixed, and then I think this from there we're going to build up. That comment there, it says that, that they can't win two more games. I mean, God damn, that's going to be a long season. But that's happened. I remember 89, we started 4-0 and and finished 6-10. and I mean, that was dreadful. You, again, you start 4-0, and and then think about that. You lose like 10 of the next 12. It's just, God damn. 0-2, we lost eight in a row after starting 2-0. and And we're, it was 2-8. and Like, I don't want any more of this kind of shit. I mean. I don't know about you all, but by by like if we're in the middle of another one of these long losing streaks like Nagy had, you know, five, six again, I might I might become unstable on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I may need to get prescribed some kind of medicine before this is over. You'll be doing it with me, Dan. So we'll be doing it together. Trust me. Damn, man. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be neg. I mean, every time I come on here, like with the Bears, like again, I don't understand that thought process that thinks. It, I'm not contradicting that particular uh, comment, but I'm just saying going into the season, if you're like, ah, they're going to be three and 13, three and 14. I'm like, why are you a fan then? I mean, like if you don't believe that they're that underdogs can win, that that's the whole premise of sports. That's the whole premise of movies that no one, I mean, that's why Rocky's a success, you know, is that many, the underdog can win. How many times has the team that's, you know, six and two gone in and lost to the team that's two and six yeah exactly all the time. It, yeah it, it seems like it never happens for us but yes it's like uh you know but but think about it um when the bears were unbeaten in 06 you know what i think what we were so six and oh seven and oh and lost to miami at soldier field and miami was garbage led by joey harrington then so upsets happen and why not Sunday in Minnesota? They're going to be favored probably by six or seven. Easily. Yeah, maybe even eight or nine. So why not? I mean, they're going to be jet lagged. You know, go in there and, and, and stop them, man. You got two guys on your team that can help with the playbook mm-hmm. that we picked Sonny, up from Minnesota, you know? Sonny, I'm curious to know what you feel about the rest of the team. Like, what do you feel about the defense? Uh, like, my personal opinion is they need – you know, one of these guys in the middle, and they need a fat ass on the off on the defensive line. They need that pig on the defensive line. They're getting manhandled, and it's start, that part of it is more worrisome to me than the offensive line. To be honest, yeah, you know what? I I, I don't know why. Well, I, I I guess I should know. I I should say I know why because I got hype hyped up just like the rest of the Bears fans. But for some reason, I thought that we would have more way more turnovers with this defense and like, yeah, man, for some reason we just can't stop the run, man. We're getting killed. This last game against the giants was just so embarrassing, man. I mean, for God's sakes, uh, what's his name? Uh, Daniel Jones, right? Uh, that's the name. Yeah. Of- man. I mean, they made him look like they made him all look- of famer. Daniel Jones. Like a superstar, bro. I mean, that was, that was really embarrassing. So not embarrassing. It's just disappointing. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's like Daniel Jones. He's slow. For the love of God, can you imagine if it was like Lamar Jackson or something like that? Like, 
I don't understand, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just uh, it, it, some of the players are uh, uh, disappointing. Um, I know Roquan Smith, he's like hot and cold. There are weeks that he's just like, my God, he's just wrecking games, man. And you can tell that, like, you know what? You play like that, pay, they'll pay you $20 million, man. Because if you can impact games like that, like make an impact, you know, to be, be the game wrecker and they'll pay you $20 million. You can't just be, you know, you, you have a bunch of tackles, but we lost the damn game. Right. I, I don't know, man. It's just because some of those tackles, it's like, you know, the runner is like 10, gains 10, 15 yards, and he's getting tackled. He gets the tackle for it, yeah. Great. Thanks. <laughs> so, so He's racking up the tackles, but. <laughs> yeah, but we're getting, yeah, we're, we're, we're losing the games, man. So it's like, if you want to get paid, like, be the game wrecker, and they'll pay you. Uh, but I, I'll have to say, Eddie Jackson, man, he that, that, that guy's waking up. So that that um, it looks like he's the, the the old ball hawk. You know, if they're gonna sling it in the back, man, they better be they, they better be on point. The quarterback better be on point because he's gonna pick it off, man. So um, yeah, when you put a brisker next to him, yes, it you're starting to see the Eddie of old. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Dan, what do you think about brisker? Brisker was faced out a couple of times on those bootlegs, but eventually he came back with that big hit, you know, and Daniel Jones, it's like, finally you pop that motherfucker. And he went straight down again. Anyone can get their Achilles or their, their ankle hurt. He had a lower ankle. It appeared from watching TV, but I just, I had that feeling like this dude is soft, man. Why are we getting beaten by this guy? I mean, he looks slow and just, and it's not just cause he's a white player either. I mean, you know, you hate to lose to a guy that you just feel like, like if Fields was on the Giants, he would have had 150 yards rushing against us. Like Daniel Jones had 60 whatever, and it's just like, this guy's not any good. Like, why are we no, losing shit. to this fucking guy? Like I said, I made a joke earlier, maybe it's insensitive, but he looks like a guy with too many chromosomes to me. Like, you know, like he's... He reminds you know, me not... like of like um, Rod Sterling or something from... Um... The Twilight Zone? Uh, the Twilight Zone, yeah. He, looks, I don't know like, he looks like Rod Serling. I hadn't thought of that. He's more like a business-looking guy to me than like a football player. To me, like I said, he just looks like a guy that's got, you know, I mean, Down syndrome or something. I, again, I hate to mock people. I'm not trying to, <laughs> to mock the disabled, but he just looks like a kid that would be in like, oh, he's he's in the special classes. You know, he's on the smaller bus. Kitty, can you can you pull up a can you find a picture of Daniel Jones and cut it out and pull it up on the screen? Can you do that in, in your free time? <laughs> I I know you're doing nothing back there. <laughs> God damn it, Kitty! I think I think that I think Daniel Jones looks more to me like a fucking like he should have a suitcase in a in a suit and walking into a high rise, you know. He looks like a guy to me that would be getting bathed by somebody else because he can't do it by himself. <laughs> and that guy's scoring touchdowns on the Bears defense. It's just like, oh the, man, th this guy doesn't know where he's at, but he's scoring touchdowns. <laughs> that was that, that touchdown run. <laughs> did, uh, did you, I mean, I'm sure both of you guys at the beginning of the season when you're sort of like going through like, oh, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win, that's a loss. 
man, I and no matter what scenario I had, I had this one always as a win. So it's so disappointing that we lost the damn game. I just thought of something real quick, uh, not not to interrupt uh, your point, Sonny, but a few seasons ago, well, I guess it's been more than a few now, but maybe 2013, 14, somewhere that we lost a game to San Francisco when a quarterback very similarly to Daniel Jones ran like 50 yards in overtime and scored on a touchdown run. He used to be a Jacksonville Jaguar, the guy that did it. It's not Blake Bortles. It was the last quarterback miss they had before him. Does anybody remember that? This guy had a, a, like a 50-yard touchdown run to win the game. Blake Bortles. Before it wasn't Bortles. It was the guy they drafted. Let me look it up. I, I'm thinking it's 13 or 14. But it's a quarterback. It, yeah, it was a fucking bum is what it was. And you're like, no, not this guy. It's like the one moment he had in the sun in the NFL ever. Which is more than I'll have. I'm just saying, but this guy was a bust. Oh, Kitty, Kitty, looks like Kitty found a picture of Daniel Jones. Let's see what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not like, saying he's unattractive. I'm just saying it looks like he would need adult diapers. That's all. <laughs> he, he needs some drippy dicks. Yeah, he might. Where, where's oh, their boy. fucking roster right here? I'm telling you. It all was right, you, can, you, can, you can get rid of that nose. I don't need to see that any longer. You know, this is this is a perfect time for us to segue into our barroom commercial, and then from there we can go into our sponsor. We'll be right back after this. <laughs> I'm sure she wasn't ready for that, so we'll be right back after this, <laughs> and right back after this. Blaine Gabbert. Tell us all since I came here has been expanded twice both times after we were gone, by the way. So <laughs> we never, we never got it, but I mean, it was tiny. Do, do you think that uh, Olin Krutz would politely ask you to leave the weight room because it was so crowded? <laughs> you, I told you what Olin, I told you what Olin used to say to me. I know that's why I'm asking. <laughs> no. And, and that was at five o'clock when there's, you know, there's no players around. Gabriel, <laughs> oh, get the fuck out of my weight room! <laughs> oh, and I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I got a commercial. <laughs> Blaine Gabbert. So Blaine you're like Gabbert. Yeah, and That's this is the way the game guy. went. The Bears led 20 to 13 in the fourth quarter. They scored with three minutes and 32 seconds to go in the game. Kadeem Carey scored with the carry 20 to 13. And then with a minute 42 left in the game, Blaine Gabbert ran for 44 yards. He hadn't had 44 yards rushing in his entire career, but on one carry, he scores, ties the game at 20, and then in overtime, throws a 71 yard touchdown pass to Torrey Smith, and the Bears lose 26 20. Sometimes I hate your memory, Dan. Well, I, I'm Sometimes just, just I, I misremembered. Depressing. I misremembered in one sense. I I thought that uh, that he won the game with his run, but uh, that proved not to be true. But it was a big run that tied it, and then he threw a pass uh, to uh, to beat us in overtime, which was awful. <sighs> I remember that now. Thank you. Blaine Gabbert. It's an example of another guy 
that had his shining moment against the Bears. There's so many of them. I don't What's know if other teams one? have that. What's your favorite one? God. I, I, the one like that your popped favorite my one head. to hate. The one that, and again, I, I didn't dislike Brian Greasy, but the first time he came back to Soldier Field after the Bears, you know, the Bears, I don't know if we caught him or whatever after 07, he comes back in like week three as a member of Tampa Bay and throws for nearly 500 yards on us. I'm like, God damn, where would Greasy didn't do this with the Bears? Like, what's he doing? <laughs> Why and can't we, we sign him? You're like, you're like, oh, we're going to get that out of him when we sign him now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, I mean, I'm not saying Greasy's a bum. He wasn't. He was a, a upper, uh, uh, not like upper echelon quarterback, but he was above average for sure. You know, right. he above average. His he dad, Andy obviously. Dalton. Yeah, he's better than Andy Dalton, even if his statistics don't show it. It just seems like he, it, to me, it felt like he was better than Andy Dalton. But yeah, th that's the game that sticks out where I'm like, why are we giving up so many yards to Greasy right now? But, you know. Maybe that's a bad answer, but that's the first thing I came up with. But what about you, Sonny? What's your uh, most hated Bears uh, vengeance moment on a pre on a previous player? What do you mean, like a uh, what do you mean? Like a, like a like a bear that goes to a different team. That's what we're talking about, right, Dan? That was yours. I just right? meant a guy that's beating us that shouldn't be beating us. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> That uh man, what's what was his name? Trevor Simeon. Well, isn't he with us now? Damn, what was he, he is? He's the backup. Didn't he always used to like beat us for the, when he used to play for the Broncos or something? Was it him or um? I think that was Brock Osweiler. Yes, that Brock Brock Osweiler. Man, I think he beat us about four times in the games where I remember each season. Uh, like for you know one reason or another, you're always feeling like we have a chance. So it's like I like okay, this is the game we, we should win. We should be winning, you know, you know, um hands down easily. Oh, they have you know Brock, whatever, Oswald or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that dude like always finds a way. And he I think Dan, I don't know, maybe you 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 know your memory is better than mine, but I want to say he beat us about four times. Yeah, first start with Miami, the first start with Houston, and the first start with Denver. And we just had a reference, a guy was referencing the 08 in the chat, the 08 game with Atlanta and Chicago. And I blame Lovey for that one because he did that squib kick. He's talking about Kyle Orton's touchdown with like 12 seconds ago. Lovey orders the squib kick, the Falcons complete one pass, and then Jason Elam kicks a field goal to beat us. Oh, God, yeah. My, mine doesn't involve like a – but just a random player. It's a former player. It's Cedric Benson. Oh, the I, 09 I just, game. Yeah, Cincinnati. When oh. they drafted him and he cried, I thought, oh, he's so happy to be a bear. No, he cried because he didn't want to be a bear. And <laughs> and then and then he goes and it just we didn't fucking need him. We could have drafted Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Rex Grossman was injured the previous two, three years. Why not draft a quarterback right there at four who should have been number one? They they pass on him. They draft they draft Benson when they don't need him because uh, Thomas Jones was fucking awesome for the Bears. And then he didn't want to be a Bear and he falsely cried and making me thinking he wanted to be a Bear. Then he gets injured and fucking sucks and they tr they get rid of him and he comes back against us in the. Cincinnati Bengals game has the best game of like, his career. The best game of his career was against the Bears. But then he went to the Packers and he still 
fucking punished us as a Packer. And that just... At least we won the game when he was in Green Bay. That's that's the J game on Thanksgiving, I think, right? Am I wrong? Maybe. Yeah, but he still punished us several other games as a Packer. And let's... He didn't rush for 225 yards, but he still punished us. Yeah, I was wrong. He made it known that he didn't like us. I was wrong on the Green Bay. It was 2012 he was in Green Bay. Uh, Yeah, Benson, uh, we we should also acknowledge that that gentleman has passed on. Uh, He he didn't live very long. But, yeah, I hated that game in 09, too. Just brutal, man, Uh, against the Bears. Just a typical... A typical game, man, where the Bears, it's like, you know, former Bear comes back and and just I'm looking up the stats for this right now. It, it was just all world for him that day. Uh, it was like uh, 32 rushes for like 228 yards or something. 37 Three carries, 37 attempts, a buck 89 and one touchdown, the long of 26. That's like a John yeah. Riggins game. John Riggins carried for nearly 40 times in a playoff game where the Redskins beat the Vikings once. Just an, an enormous game, like a fucking guy. You're just giving the ball every play, every play. Yeah, it, just, it just so annoyed me because that pick shouldn't have been him in my mind. And the whole time he was a bear, it would be like if he had 37 carries in a game as a bear, he would have had like 69, 70 yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Oh, bear. Well, so anyway, that's that's games of past. Like talking about this game again, like the 20 to 12 in a game that we should have won. It's just a it just makes me feel like this like can't swallow like why did we win this game like you know what what sucked for me like watching that game and i remember dan me me and him texted right uh pretty much almost that last drive that we had as an offense but man you just felt throughout the whole game that it's just like we could never put it didn't seem like we could put plays together where it looked it looked successful, like we were gonna be, we are able to march down the field. Like it seemed like nothing worked, man. In a sense, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, when you really look at this roster, you know we're, you know, man, uh, I know we all hold Cole Komet dearly to our hearts, and you know we think he's really good, but man, he's probably average at best. Um, he doesn't have that the fluid hips. You know what I mean? Like he's 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 not that type tight end at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Uh and then like Darnell Mooney, man, I don't know. Like on most teams, would he be considered number one receiver? Probably not, maybe number two. So I don't want to give too much excuses like why things aren't working, but you know, even at times when the line is holding and the quarterback is ready to deliver. No one's damn, no one's open. So it's like there's always something missing. You know what I mean? So this team right now needs a lot of help, man. Uh, Speaking of that last play, Dan, I have it for you here. We can still talk while it's playing. But this is this is the last play that you didn't get to see, Dan. I mean, it goes it goes on for like 46 fucking seconds. So hopefully it doesn't get a copyright issue because I didn't I didn't have enough time to check it before, but <laughs> I'll have to pull it if that's the case. But uh, look at this. 
It just goes on and on and on and on and on. That wasn't 46 seconds, was it? Uh, oh, yeah. There, it's, it keeps going. It's like That was about to be just, a forward lateral anyway, I think. So. Yeah. Justin Fields had the had the ball twice and had and threw it across the field. It was it was the most exciting play of the game. Like it I was told the last you, one. They uh the Falcons scored on a touchdown like that in the playoffs against the Saints in following the 91 season and won a game in the Superdome. It may have been Deion Sanders that scored, but he was definitely involved in the play if Deion wasn't the one who scored, but they was doing that lateral shit and ended up winning a playoff game doing that. I remember that, yeah. And don't forget the I, Titans there with the uh, Music City Miracle, which was just a, a pass across the field. It could have been a lot forward lateral, but still it was a gimmicky play such as that. That's where all of my hope was coming from on that play. I was like, they can do something here. It's, whoa, it's still going. It's still going. Like, Justin Fields has the ball again, and, oh, he runs for six yards, and he throws it across the field. You're like, oh, we've got this. Oh, shit, we can do this. Nope, nope. Nope. It was like they just ran out of energy entirely. They're like, oh, fucking somebody land on the ball. <laughs> there was a play like that a couple of years ago when the Bears were at Lambeau and they were doing that. And then they were about to score. I think it was A-Rob that could have scored and Jesper Horstead didn't do the lateral. And he was wide open if he'd lateral it one more time. We would have scored in one and Nagy would have been like jacking himself off about how smart he is. And and then of course he was wide and we didn't do it. So even when the plays works, it doesn't work for the Jay Sanders says, damn, your memory is disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought some more There's Ginkgo it. Biloba to help my memory as well. <laughs> someone took all my fucking vitamins or stole them or something. I have I have these videos I put in stream and I forgot what they were. So let me just pull them up really quick so I can remember what they are. What what is this one? Uh Oh, that's that's the uh, Justin's getting murdered video. We can we can we can put that up. Did you see this? Were you on the bar room watching this, Sonny? Did you see this? This is uh, the little compilation I put together of Justin Fields getting murdered. This is a snuff the last film. game. <laughs> yeah, no shit. I mean, when you're watching this, you're like, oh damn, that's my quarterback. Like, look at all the hits he's taking. Look at all the running around he's doing. He's just running for his life. When is this going to stop? If, they, if anyone's going to put anything on Justin Fields, they need to check themselves before they wreck themselves because it's not on this kid. He's doing everything he can. Dan, did you talk? Did you guys talk about? Um, <laughs> isn't it something that each time this guy goes out on a rollout? It's like it's like there's like a tell, like they could tell. Yeah, someone's in his face every time. There's always someone in his face every single damn play. It's like they always they know. I don't understand that. Like, it's like we were they, talking about that during the game. That's why I made that, Dan. It, it, at this point, it happens so often that it's like, well, it can't just be like, oh, the, the they call the good play. Like, I don't know, man. And Daniel Jones is running free every time. Yes. But our guy, our guy, like he said, is about to get smothered to death by somebody. And why is that? Why is it every time I, they know what's coming with us, but we're completely befuddled on defense? Well, here's here's another thing, uh, Sonny, since you're such a huge Justin Fields fan like we are. You know, one of the things that they've been talking about in camp and, you know, ever since this new coaching staff is working on his footwork, working on his throwing mechanics, things like, you know, all of that jargon. 
So on this particular play, I kind of want to use this as an example of why I think that he might be thinking too much. And eventually when the offense starts to come to him, and that's why it's so important for them to establish, have established the running game like they've done, is to try to build the offense towards him so that it comes to him. So I think this is the play. This is just kind of watching his throwing mechanics and his footwork. It's just a slow motion of what was on, you know, at like the after play when they were showing it. So do you guys see uh, a mechanical issue being, do you think he's thinking too much about his throwing mechanics right here? Because it, it looks like he's, I don't know, the, the footwork aligned with, with the possibility he may be thinking about how to throw the ball could just overall be adding to some of the uh, holding on to the ball too long issues that he might be having. That's like just kind of an example I have just watching it in slow motion. You can see that he took that double step, that, that, that hop almost like prematurely. So he, he may just be thinking about things a little bit too much too along the way. And that's going to cause to some hesitance and missing a read and, you know, things like that. So I think he's going to get this figured out. I really do. It's just going to take a little bit of time. We all just have to be patient with it. We're, we're so uh, just starved for a quarterback and we've watched – Green Bay have a Hall of Famer for however many years of our most of my life, and we want one now. But we have to realize there is a uh, so, something that has to take place for this to happen. There's a process that has to take place, and when it finally starts to take place, and things start to become natural, it's like learning how to type on a keyboard, which I don't know how to do. But you know, we're all if you're just looking at your. You see those people are just like, you know, just like typing away. Like, how do you not even look at your keyboard? That's what you need to be able to do as a quarterback. And it'll come. Just give them time within the same offense, the repetitions, the repetitions, the repetitions. It'll come. No, he, he uh, you could definitely tell that he's, he's, you know, when I was talking about earlier, he's built differently. So I'll, I'll compare him to, you know, I've only been watching football for, so since 2015. And so the, the, I don't have, I don't know a whole lot of quarterbacks that I can draw upon is what I'm trying to say. So I'll just mm -hmm. compare him to Mitch. Um, but one thing that I'm very, remember very vividly about Mitch every time after the, after the games press conference, if he had a shitty game, let's say he threw a interception or something they would ask him like, oh, well, what did you see? What happened? Nine out of ten, Mitch would say like, yes, uh, we're going to have to see the film. Uh, I'm going to have to see the tape to know more about it, blah, blah, blah. Justin Fields, nearly almost every single press conference that I've seen so far, if he messes something up, he knows the coverage of the, the defense that they – yeah, he was covered too. I saw this. You know, I can – I mean, I, you know, I can tell him that he's – I can tell that he's explaining something that, you know, he can tell mm -hmm. what they did to him, how they tricked him or whatnot. So he is mm -hmm. very smart. And that's what I'm saying. He is built different. 
um, to where, like, I, I don't want to say he can learn on the spot, but it is very encouraging to see that he can recognize that right there on the spot instead of needing to, I don't know, like I said, I can only go off of Mitchell Trubisky. It's like, oh, I need to see the film. Oh, and you can tell he's upset when he had a bad game and he missed the plays he's talking about, the the different reads he missed or the receiver that was wide open. He's pissed at himself, and he doesn't want to talk to people. So he sits there, and then he comes back. And I know that his dad probably went to him after that you know, bad press conference where he was just didn't want to be there. And he came out and apologized for it. I guarantee you that was his father talking to him that night. Like, listen, kid, you gotta, you have to be aware of how you're acting and interacting with the media and what your persona is and how you look when you're talking. I yeah. know you're having a bad game. Yeah, I think but you have to make sure you project yourself more positively than that, you know? Yeah, I think that was, I, I agree that there was more of like, man, you don't wanna, even though I, it didn't personally hurt me, but you know what, man? If I was a fucking some old ass Bears fan that drove from goddamn Chicago to Lambo to watch that fucking bullshit live, and then have the fucking Packer fans then laugh at my fucking face on the way home, only to see my quarterback talk shit like I don't care about the fucking game, I'd be fucking pissed. Probably in mm -hmm. that fucking moment, like fuck you, motherfucker. You know what I mean? Did you just see what I fucking went through because of you? So, in other words, like, man, like, at the end of the day, you're hurting your fucking brand, man. You don't want you don't want to be that guy. Be Like I said, I mentioned Jordan earlier. You never saw Jordan pissing off fans. He knew how to make money. Man, Justin, he would be Michael Jordan 2.0 in this fucking city if he works out. You don't want to hurt your brand. You don't want to hurt your brand, you know? Uh, so, I agree with you that that was just him trying to He's pissed off. I do like that, that he is emotional, man. He doesn't want to like losing. I like that, man. But, uh, yeah, he's just going to have to learn how to, you know, it's a big market, and he's going to have to learn how to control his emotions. Shit. Plus, he's always so just even feel anyways that if he's down, you can tell he's down, you know, because <laughs> he's usually just so monotone anyways. Yeah. And if he's pissed off. Then he's just even more like introverted. Like I don't want to fucking talk about this. Just yeah, there's just blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It'll come, man. He'll, he'll learn. Just he's got a good father. He's teaching him. Yeah. We're probably talking about Justin Fields way too much, aren't we? <laughs> I mean, every other show is too, right? Probably in the negative light. Exactly. Well, if here's I had the to guess. He's the future. I mean, you know, at the end of the day here, like, you know, you see what we messed up with Mitch. You know, it's like we – it seems like, you know, the last five years, six years went down the drain. Nothing happened. You don't – so that's the same thing here. You don't want – you don't want us to be four or five years in the future and, and look, at, look at the same shit backwards like, fuck, man, it was for nothing. You know, so, um, yeah, yeah. And for anybody that thinks that there's like a better quarterback in this draft, I beg to differ. There's not a better quarterback than Justin Fields in this upcoming draft, in my opinion. So even if they had the number one pick, I would rather they trade it because Justin Fields still, I mean, he hasn't even played a full season yet. So we're going to get there. <clears throat> So, Dan, what's going on over there, buddy? 
You're making out with your, making out with your just, girlfriend? No, no. You caught me uh, using Listerine. Uh, in this last <laughs> segment, I have flossed, brushed my teeth, and now I've been using mouthwash. You got to have good uh, good breath on the mic, you know? <laughs> it's true. You don't want to... I, I had this friend when I was a kid. I remember I spent the night at his house, you know, 10 years old. And I had to pick up the phone to call my my mom for something. And I could smell his mother's, like his parents' oh. breath on the fucking phone. It wasn't a rotary. It was a push button. But I remember picking up the phone and I was like, I could literally smell the breath on the receiver. Oh. God, I could still smell it right now talking about it. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Keep that's your awful. mic clean with your breath, Dan. I, if you got time for a, a, a minute story here, I can tell you about a, the worst smell I've ever been around. Okay. If you're ready for this, if, if it's not going to take up too much time. Uh, no, that's fine. I, I can too. Summer 1990. And I can still smell the shit in my head if I tell you the story. This is, this is true. Uh, so I grew up until I was like 15. I lived in a trailer. You know, we got a house in 1996 finally. But I lived in a single wide trailer. And evidently, like my grandmother died in like 83. And keep in mind, this is 90. So they kept all of her stuff like locked away in a closet that was in my room, my quote unquote room as a kid. And my like drawers were blocking that door. So no one had opened that door in like seven years. We got a water leak and it covered all of her old clothes. And that smell. I, I can remember watching, I don't know, this pops in my head. I was watching Friday the 13th, part eight, Jason Takes Manhattan uh, that summer because it came on HBO and was it was on loop for a while. It was, the, it was new. Um, and I, could, I, can, I had this little fan trying to like mitigate the, the smell. And, but I can just remember this wobbly ass fan every time I think about Friday the 13th, eight with that smell in my room with those damp clothes and that fucking water. It was just the worst smell. It's like it's like we dug up her grave or something. It was just smelled like death. It was just awful. And I can still remember that smell when I tell the story. The worst smell I can remember is when I was a kid, I raised a frog from a tadpole. And then it died on me. And my parents gave me a ring box. And I buried it in the front yard in the garden bed. It was just strawberries in there. It wasn't like a real garden bed. And then I missed it so much, I dug it up. I was like six. Then I opened up that ring box. Oh, that was the smell of death you're talking about. That was the well, How old were you when you opened it again? Probably six or seven. How, how long had it been closed is what I'm trying to determine. Oh, it probably for a month or so. Yeah, still. Damn, yeah. Ooh. Oh, and sometimes my dog's breath smells like that. And we call it dead frog breath. <laughs> At least it's not your breath. You know? True. You probably wouldn't have your lady if that were the case. If my dog panted into this mic for six or seven hours, I would smell that on this mic when I came to talk to you guys. I, that's for damn sure. It's like uh, I, I talking to my cousin about this one time, like, if you took all the farts that you had in your life, right, the, those particles, if you put them all together, they eventually make a solid, right? 
If you could collect all the farts in your life into a jar, I bet you you'd have a turd in the end. Have you seen this shit where, like, I can't remember who it was. It was someone that was a social media influencer, whatever, you know, the fuck that is. But it was someone that was, like, medically, this was a story on TMZ or something a few months ago. The lady had been selling jars of her farts, which I don't know how that works. Uh, you, you quickly fart into the jar and seal it, but you have to open it again when you have another fart. So it seems like it's... But anyway, she had developed well, some kind of medical condition because she had been farting in jars so much that it was hurting her abdominal muscles, and she had to quit doing it. Oh, my God. I, I mean, you know, it's a I, real thing. I remember hearing about people selling snow they boxed up snow and sold it to people from northern states into southern and, and southwestern states and it gave me an idea uh why don't we sell i said it's a kitty why don't we sell air boxes it's an air box you wrap it you just get a box this box comes from georgia this box comes from connecticut this box comes from you know seattle it's an empty box, but it has the air in there from each or, city. Or I could sell something that says like air guitar with no box, <laughs> you know, because there's no real <laughs> guitar. There. Somebody would buy it. Just an air guitar in a box. It's just an empty box. Yeah, well, that works too. <laughs> you know, buddy, they're, dirty like, men, they're dirty men that want to buy like women's underwear that are used. And that's, that's not terrible. me, by the way. Like they're like, ah, wear them for a week and let some of your period blood kind of just go in there. And um, oh. if, if, if you have to shit, just kind of get a little bit of the fecal matter on your draw. Like there are men. You just brought Kitty into this. Uh-oh. There are, there are men that will buy women's underwear completely soiled. 100%. And I know someone that I worked with who was in, I think it was Tokyo, when he was in the Army. And they had vending machines where you could go and purchase used underwear oh my God. of different varieties. And this was 20 years ago. So we're still behind the game, you know. And do the men wow. wear these things or do they just oh, like I'm sniff sure they them when they're it. being off? Oh, they wear it. They smell it. They probably suck on it. I mean, God knows what they do. But it's there. There are vending machines. Oh, I don't know what say. Good God. Yeah. Gotta make some money somehow. That's right. Make that <laughs> make that money, boo-boo. Well, thankfully now they're just selling pictures of their feet. Yeah, Heidi <laughs> oh. said that on, on our podcast jokingly that she was selling pictures of her feet. I think she was joking, but I saw that. I, I'm pretty sure she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I love women. I love to, you know, look at women, smell women. But, you know, do I really want to purchase pictures of their feet when I can just pull up, like, woman sucking seven dicks at the same time? Like, <laughs> you know, you can, like, watch any woman do whatever you want. And it's not like it's the 90s where we got to buy, a, shamingly buy a VHS tape. Yes, I know that this is uh, rated X and I'm, I'm buying it and I'm a pervert. I mean, you can do this shit from your fucking bedroom and nobody knows so it's like, why would I buy pictures of feet or somebody's draws? I just don't I, get it. But you don't know what you're buying. That's the problem. You really don't know. You're actually purchasing a picture of Ginny's feet, like this beautiful woman's foot. I it could like be something else completely different. 
Yeah, it could be like her kid's foot. Now, how awful would that be? Oh, yeah. You're like, oh, I'm beating off to her feet. And it's like, oh, it's really her child's foot. And there's some guy that probably would be more turned on by that. And, and but not me, by the way. I'm just saying. Yeah. But, well, you yeah. know, the vending machine with the underwear. That <sighs> does not guarantee it's coming from a woman. How about oh a vending? God. I got I got it. A vending machine with women's feet picks. <laughs> Could you imagine though? Just like let's say you're one of these guys that's never really gotten laid, you know, because you have to be to, to buy these used underwear. You have to be. Steve so you, Phillips, you're on last call with Hallis Hall, by the way. He says, What the fuck? You, you, last call at Hallis Hall, buddy. <laughs> whenever I'm involved, I, I, I have a way of making these conversations manifest. But let's say um you, 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 your guy, it's never gotten laid. You're like, I'm going to buy this lady's draw. You know, I'm going to buy her panties or, you know, and you, you find it's like some man's ass, uh, some dirty man underwear that you bought. That would just be the worst. I would say right. No, there's got to be a man. difference. Like I've never gone down on no, a guy, a difference. but there's, yeah, there's got to be there's shaving involved. If there's no scaping oh. between the ass and the taint, then I can't smell that. There's got to be shaving involved there. Yeah, but you might just be able to rub the underwear out between your taint and your asshole as a guy and get away with it. Who you don't know? You're, the point I, is, I'm not, you're dealing with some fucked up people. They're just. I'm not homophobic, smell. but I'm telling you, men would have to smell worse. There's just no way around it. I've never smelled balls that smell like a vagina ever. That's true. You can. There will never be balls that smell like a vagina. And nobody wants to smell balls. I don't even think gay men like the smell of balls. Oh, I think this is the perfect time for, the, for a word from our sponsor, Kitty. <laughs> <laughs> this will you. You will never have your balls smell like pee pee again with our with our word from our sponsor. Greetings, I'm Doctor Dick Richards. Have you ever thought you were done going pee pee? Only moments later to find a drip or two or three in your underwear. Have you ever felt ashamed? Well, feel ashamed no more. Even the iconic legendary musician Elvis Presley has had his own share of drippy dick. For all the males and the they, them, there, though, thou arts out there. Anyone with a dick. I've invented a revolutionary patented design called Drippy Dicks. Our state-of-the-art patented design can absorb up to two and a half cups of pee-pee. adhesive side down in your banana hammock. Watch Drippy Dicks go to work. The banana hammock is still dry. Just look at that absorption. Drippy Dicks. Made by a dick for a dick. Drippy Dicks. Just put one of those in your banana hammock, Dan. And Jenny, you will never have drippy. You'll never have that drippy dick scent on his dick ever again. Aww. I want to know why this is exclusive to males. What about like drippy vag? I don't know. <laughs> we have that. It's, it's... Well, I mean, um, not bloody drippy vag. Sorry. You you can tell. You can be a lady and be like, look, I've got a yeast infection. I've got discharge. So. I eat at your own risk, and some dude will be like, oh, fuck, okay, I'll go down on you right now. Are you on your period? You have a yeast infection, vaginal discharge, and, and a lot of odor? Fuck, I'll, I'm game. Yes, it's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, they want that yogurt culture. 
We're so fucking sad. Add I'm a little probiotics. little peanut butter and jelly to it and no. just make it better. Probiotics is good for the belly. Uh. Like natural probiotics. As men, oh, we are, we are savages. I mean, we we not, we're like cavemen. You guys are truly. <laughs> I love you all, but you really are down and dirty, funky. Well, I guarantee cavemen didn't eat pussy. I mean, do you think cavemen mm. ate pussy? I think they mm. ate girl ass and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. think cavemen ate those hairy bushes and assholes. They just they just hey, put listen. their they just put their hard thing in their wet thing and they went, oh and then they had <laughs> what the fuck happened? Oh, let's do that again. Oh, we have more <laughs> that's, of us. That's the one thing I can say about cavemen. I don't think they care about the lady getting off. They're 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 getting their own, you know. <laughs> it's probably like one minute and that's it. <laughs> Oh boy, thank you all for joining Bears Country Podcast. Last call at Hallis Hall tonight. This is a lot of fun. We're a little off Bears subject, but fuck, we lost 20 to 12, and we've already talked about all about that. So <laughs> Sonny looks oh. very uncomfortable, and I apologize. Sonny. <laughs> oh, good, man. It's fun. Yeah. Sonny's like, so I Sonny, you went we were having this conversation. <laughs> He said, you Justin talk about Field. Justin Fields he more? said Justin Fields. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought I came from Justin Fields talk. What the hell? No, no, it's all good, man. <laughs> uh, oh man, that's that was a lot of fun. That was that was a good conversation. <laughs> so I mean, how do we even get back to Bears from there? <laughs> I don't know. I I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> like but, I don't either, man. <laughs> Take a cold shower break. Okay, I, I got the transition. Do you think in a long game, a long, like, you know, three and a half hour game and it's cold and, you know, at some point a, a guy like Andy Reid is just letting it go on the sideline. Fuck it, I got to piss. I'm 55 years old. I mean, I got to pee a lot. My prostate's changing its shapes and shit. So he just fucking lets it go. The drippy dick thing, he needs it. He's on the sideline. He's pissing all over himself. No, he probably has a stadium buddy. That's different than a than drippy dicks is just for the, you know, the after the after drip when you take a piss. You know, you're you get that little last buildup that's still there. You get into your like late, you know, mid to late forties. Not that I know, you know, but uh, you, know, you think you're done and then you're not. And but there is the stadium buddy that you just connect to. And it has like a bag that you just piss into that's connected to your pant leg. You're, it's strapped to your leg under your pants. So you can wear them to games. That's probably something that Andy Reid would wear. Or like uh, Pete Carroll. Or Bill Belichick. Right? Belichick looks like he would just shit on himself and be like, what? You, you smell something? <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Sonny needs to go, he says. <laughs> like, somebody... Somebody change I'm, my diaper when we're done. I'm sorry, Sonny. I didn't mean to embarrass you, pal. No, no, man. You guys are good. It's just late, man. I, I got to work in the morning, bro. Well, we appreciate your passion about Justin Fields, and hopefully he can fucking do something that makes us like, see, we told you. We told you. We need I, we need to see some, though, you know? Yeah, I think you, you're right. But uh, uh, I, I think it's going to it's gonna happen. Uh, uh, he's just going to – it's going gonna, it's gonna to take – a couple more pieces around him and uh uh he, he's just gonna need a little bit more time to um um 
He needs thirty. Get you. You need ten thousand hours into anything to be great at it. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah. In it, at the end of the day, like I said, like man, if I was a bit, I'm not. I'm really not worried because I really trust in him that much. In a sense that, uh, and if 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 it's meant to be, it's gonna be, man. Okay, who the hell knew that? Uh, what's his name? Justin Herbert was gonna blow up. Nobody freaking knew that. Okay. Uh, so same thing with this, man. If it's if, if he's got it, he's got it. Nothing's gonna stop him. So if mm-hmm. he if it doesn't make it, at the end of the day, he just doesn't got it. You mm-hmm. know, same thing. Uh, uh, I know. Uh, I know a lot, man. I know Nagy took a lot of hits uh, in regards to Mitch. You know, uh, like oh, Mitch. Mitch didn't make it because of Nagy. Like, man, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, Mitch was never that guy. Like, he's he's serviceable quarterback. He's proven it in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But, Did yeah, you all see? He's just not the, that guy. There's a report floating around that Kansas City is toying around the idea of making Nagy their next coach whenever Andy Reid resigns or retires. I mean, you talk about a team that's going to go 4-13 four and, four and 13 really quickly. I don't care if he's got a bomb squad on his like he's gonna fuck it up. I'm sorry. I have no faith in that man. Zero. No, none. <laughs> yeah. I thought they'd be worse this year with him as their quarterback's coach. <laughs> they probably will be before the year's over with. That's true. Could anything can happen. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I I've always said it that like Nagy, there's something about him and scouting players. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of players that he scouted, those players work out. You know, what I mean, I, I know a lot of people will will disagree with this, but I know that he's the one. You know, uh, he wanted Justin Fields. He wanted Justin Fields. He's the one that brought David Montgomery. So there's a lot of players that I like. He wanted him. He wanted his hands in. I know when he was coming to the Bears, he uh, when the three quarterbacks that he scouted, Mahomes. Watson and, and, and Mitch, he thought Mahomes was generational talent that they should not pass up on him. So um, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. The, the, the guy seems like a pretty good scout. And the fact that he really wanted Fields, um, uh, you know, is another thing that, like, I, I, is on my radar, like, why well, I'm paying attention to it, I guess, if I make, mm-hmm. if I make it sense. Have you watched other documentaries on him, by the way? All the different documentaries on fields on YouTube. Yeah, yeah, no, I've seen all of them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think every single Bears fan, uh, we were all so excited that like we, you know, that you, you couldn't get enough of content when it came to uh, Justin Fields, um, and and you touched on you, you touched on it earlier, Dan. Uh, you know, we never had that franchise quarterback, uh, the one where like other teams are afraid of Chicago Bears. Because they have to play that quarterback, right? And like when you go to see when 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 Russell Wilson used to be, play for Seattle, you're afraid of Russell Wilson. You you weren't afraid of what's his name, Bobby Wagner. I mean, he's a great player, but at the end of the day, you were afraid of Tom Brady. You're, you're afraid, afraid of, of Aaron Rodgers. Afraid of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. Because uh, those, those, you know, they're at the end of the yeah. day, man. Green no one Bay. ever saying, I, I, boy, that Chase Daniel, he's going to light us up. A, oh, boy, yeah. This week. Exactly. So, uh, you know, man, Green Bay would be complete shit. They're, they're so lucky to have Aaron Rodgers. They don't even realize it. Their fan base, I don't think they do. But if they didn't have Aaron Rodgers, oh, my God, that'd be 
they will be like they'll be like the Bears. Yet the same NFC Championship trophies as Rex Grossman, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Yep. You know Rex is doing those greenings now. Like Aldo sent them to me. Uh, I forgot the name of the site, but Juan Stats on there and Rex and Shane Matthews, where you you pay them like two hundred dollars and they'll be like, "Hey, Sonny, this is Rex Grossman." <laughs> NFC Player of the Month in 2006, September. Wishing you a happy birthday. Literally, I have a ball signed by him. Greetings or something. I forget what it's called. Nice. <laughs> he was signing balls at a mall, and my, my cousin's wife got me a ball signed by him. When we drafted Rex Grossman, I turned him, my, the person next to me, and I said, this kid's going to take us to the Super Bowl. And then Might he got injured. Yeah. He got injured this rookie year. Then he got injured. I think it was his ankle, then his knee, or vice versa. And then he finally comes back in 2005. We go to the playoffs. We get our ass handed to us by Steve Smith. Right. And then the next year, he took us to the Super Bowl. And it and wasn't so by much. The end of and, they were like, let's just make KO the starter, mm -hmm. which I never really fucking understood anyway. But yeah, Rex, man, I bought his fat head. I mean, I, I was a I was a Grossman guy. My my nephew was like three and four years old at the time. I had him in kid Grossman jerseys. I loved Rex. Me too. Rex, Rex means king, by the way. Man, I and then they fucking uh, came up with with uh, turnover source Rex, and it's just good Rex, bad Rex. I hated hearing that one. Man, I I I never watched Rex play before, but I heard that term "good Rex, bad Rex" from a. From a Bears fan at work, and he's like, "Watch it." So one night on YouTube, I I saw a game of Good Rex, dude. That was like Patrick Mahomes out there. So I'm like, "Yeah, no wonder that's a Good Rex." Like, but like, yeah, some of his games are brutally bad. It's like, whoo. Uh, but I was gonna ask you guys. Uh, I saw someone uh, mention Jay Cutler earlier. Um, I think I became a football fan, fan of football in 2015. So I have to admit to you, man, I thought Cutler after a while was like, I'm like, man, get this guy off the team because I thought he was like, I didn't want him to throw the ball anymore. I'm I like, love Jay. No, I can't agree with you on that. I love Jay. Jay was I, my guy. I was a they, Jay apologist. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know nothing at the beginning of any of his history of, you know what I mean? My introduction to the Bears and Jay Cutler was, I think I mentioned it at one of the one of the podcasts, uh, was the uh, – the, but the Bears got got blown up like fifty five to fourteen against Green Bay. Right, I remember the game. But I also will point out to you in Kansas City in two thousand fifteen, when they go to Arrowhead, and Jay's playing quarterback, and they they I had to start a backup center that we drafted that that never made it. I can't even think of his fucking name now. They had no wide receivers to the point where they made Cameron Meredith, the former quarterback turned him into a wide receiver and activated him from the practice squad. His first start ever. He had a backup center. He had no wide receivers. And he he led us to two touchdowns at the end of the game to bring us back and a two-point conversion to beat Kansas City in 2015. Great win. And that was all on Jay. He had nobody to throw the ball and nobody snapping the ball. Haronis Grassou was the guy's name. We drafted him because he played with Kyle Long. And that was his first start, and he was horrible. Yeah, the guy. Uh, yeah, he was a first round pick, right? Wasn't he? Uh, I think he was more like a third, fourth, somewhere through there. Not yeah, to so contradict you. You know, <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember a whole lot of that, Jay. 
my memories of Jay were like later on when it was with Randy. Every other throw was like intercepting, intercepting. Like, Damn it! Man. I, I never, I never really told you about my my Jay, my Jay experience, Dan. So, I mean, holy shit! Over the moon when they traded for him. Yeah, me too. And and watching like that first year, the 2009 season to me was just a joke. I mean, it, I was pissed off that they got rid of Ron Turner after that. I thought they should have just let him develop in the Ron Turner offense. Then they go out and they get Mike Martz, and they end up trading Olsen right. because of that. That upset me. And then you start to see, you know, Fields or not just not Fields Cutler, they're going seven and one, seven and three. He gets injured, he gets injured, and then they miss the playoffs. And after that, the 2010 season happens, and they go to the championship game, and he, he comes. No, they don't announce an injury, but he just doesn't come back out the second half. After that, like I started to wonder, like what was going on with him because of that, and. After that, I started to try to make myself find things wrong with him. Like, I always thought like he was projecting his pass. His I always thought his windup was too slow, and then he almost like pointed the ball at where he was going to throw it, and it kind of showed people where the ball was going. And I started to develop this malaise towards Jay Cutler, and then I was happy to see him go because, and I was happy to see them draft even Trubisky. But I sit back and I look back on it now and I realize how wrong I was about Cutler. He had been through so many different offensive coordinators. He lost one of his if if Greg Olson get, didn't get traded and he has the same stats that he has now, he's the best wide receiver the Bears ever had and he's a fucking tight end. So I've regained my my renewed love for Jay Cutler. Looks like we just lost Sonny. Now nah, he's got to work, man. He's apologizing. Okay. He he told me to thank you, and he said he was sorry. He's got to go to bed, though. And he said thank you for inviting him on. Oh, yeah, I see that in private chat. Yeah. So then I just I have this now. Have you seen Cutler's uh, podcast? Yes. Well, I, I like listen it. to Cutler all the time when he was on with Waddle and Sylvie. So... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed Jay a lot. And another thing, I'm not trying to make an excuse for him. You have to understand, he's checking he's checking his blood sugar constantly on the sideline where he's a diabetic. So it's just like, I mean, of course, this is type one. It's just genetics. It's not his fault. He was never out of shape. You could say, oh, he was a little chubby when the Bears got him, but goddamn not to yeah. a regular guy. For right. a quarterback, he was a little bit heavy, but Kristen Cavallari was like, you're not allowed to eat anything bad, Jay, or I'll leave you. So uh, she was like a Nazi with his like diet. And yeah, but he probably had some baby fat on him still there too, you know? Yeah, but he got in great shape, uh, uh, you know, in comparison from when we drafted him. But still, he's, he's checking his blood sugar every quarter. And it, that's got to play a role in your mood too when you're constantly trying to like get your insulin right. And like to me, uh, he's a lot, he's really misunderstood in that regard. I mean, if, if you had to take injections every quarter or constantly getting your blood sugar checked, that I mean, you're not going to be in a great fucking mood, especially right. when people are hitting you every other play. You know, that plays a factor, and people don't ever acknowledge that, is what I'm saying. His diabetes.
my my cousin-in-law is uh, type one, and I I know that he's worn down from it. So, I I get it. I mean, it's 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 a a tiring disease to have just to have to constantly be fucking dealing with it and worrying about it and checking everything and watching whether you eat and blah 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 you know so i get it yeah well we have we have some questions that we do have starred here if we want to pull them up kitty just to kind of wrap this up so renewable rechargeable asks v uh valus jones muff wants to know (laughs) This is like uh, Lovey Smith's nipples. If you think Tua will play at that game, then we're going to. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's it's not for another month, so probably. Unless there's another injury. I mean, I would say he's probably going to be out like two weeks now, you'd have to think, because they're going to cover their ass because they got so much bad bad press about rushing him back. I'm going to say – no, because I think he'll have another injury by them. That just seems to be where he's going in his career. I would say as it's a, probably one of the, I'm guessing it'll be one of his first games back. I bet he doesn't come back till. So what are we in week five? I bet he doesn't come back till week seven. Week hmm. seven or eight. So I think he'll be there week nine. Hmm. All right. What's the next question, Kitty? Do you have one? Do you have one? Kitty, are you there? Leo Factor. That's he's asking J2K, what do you think about the amount of drag routes slants we have used so far? Thoughts on routes we've been using? I'll leave that one up to you, Dan, instead of J2K. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't analyzed the amount of uh drag routes specifically. Uh I though I know what a drag route is, but it seems to me that, uh, again, the thing I'm pounding my chest over is, like, I wish we could run some slants. We've run a lot of screens. The Bears normally in the past decade hadn't run screens. I don't know about the drag routes. I'm just being completely honest with you. But we, we have not run enough slants, and I think that would help Justin because it's a time. That's the thing about the Packers' offense that we're trying to steal from them. We brought their offensive coordinator over. The whole thing is based on – well, most of the West Coast offense going back to Bill Walsh is based on timing and everything. That's That was like the start of throwing to a spot, you know, and just having to right. believe that your receiver is going to be there versus trying to throw to an open man. So if you're depending on timing and stuff, the slant route is like, you know, one, two, three, boom, throw it. I mean, that would behoove the Bears so much to do that. I don't know why we don't. And we were – Pounding the table for some Velas Jones on one of those slants in the game. Like, why not just get him in there on offense and work him in on offense instead of putting him in there to fucking return punts? I, I just don't Jesus. know. J2K, I answered that in chat. Uh, no slants in this offense. Wide receiver not getting open on slants. Everyone's struggling to create separation. Yeah, the offensive line is breaking down around him too, and I don't know. Well, and you could also Maybe, you, know, uh, you could do that with Komet too. You mean I know he's chipping right. a lot and helping out a lot and blocking, but Komet could just run a, a quick slant. He's a big guy. I mean, you could hit him in the numbers there, and I think you, you gotta say if you're wide receiver, I'm not saying that J2K is wrong. I'm saying, but you could do that with Komet too. If your wide receivers aren't doing it, you can still run a slant like that. Or hell, uh, you could get. 
David Montgomery if, when he's back, or Khalil Herbert like on a wheel route outside down the sideline, get get them running full speed and hit them with the wheel route pass. And and we used to do that with Matt Forte all the time to try to get him on a linebacker that he's faster than and have at it, you know? Yeah, and Komet definitely has to get more involved. Like, he he needs to – it seems like the plays that they're running for him just aren't – it seems like there's a lot of tight end screens to him, which just – I don't know if they're trying to develop with that. That doesn't seem – we try that with Mooney too. What I'd it, be just, doing. it never works. The pass to Mooney, like right. the wide receiver bubble screen, never works with Mooney. Never. Right. Mooney needs some deep, some digs, some deep ins. You know, he needs some, even some of those dig routes. Put Mooney on a dig route. Put Komet on a dig route. Where are those mesh concepts going back and forth across the field? Uh, it, it's. Well, think about you mentioned. Maybe they're Greg there Olson. and they're just being covered. You mentioned Greg Olson. You know, like how many times early on when we got Greg, did we try to like split him out on a, on a fade route uh, toward the end zone because he was going to be bigger than whoever else was guarding him? You just, it's almost like an NBA play where you isolate him. And again, the fade in the end zone, what Herman Moore always did to us with the Lions because he was 6'4 and, and, and the guy guarding him essentially was 5'10. So we never do that. Never try to take advantage of a big wide receiver and just or a tight end and just tell him to go get the ball, man. It's almost like getting a rebound. But we never do that. I, I know. I was expecting this to be the breakout year for Komet, personally. And I expected a lot more out of him out of these first four games. But I'm glad they're 2-2 two and two instead of 0-4. Or 1-3, and three for that matter. Yeah, exactly. We have one more question, Kitty. What is that? Bears country. J2K wants to know if you remember the Falcons versus Bears yes. game with Kyler and Dan. That's you. Yeah, they were wearing all white. I remember that very well. I love the white on white. And again, it's one of those frustrating games. The whole day, it seemed like we were behind and, and like with like 12 seconds to go, KO hits, I think, Rashid Davis for the score, and it just felt like, oh, the Bears have won it. Thank God we've come back to win. It was an ugly game and low scoring, but we got the touchdown we needed with, I'm telling you, it was like 12, 13 seconds, and then Lovey calls for a squib kick. So they, uh, so Robbie squib kicks it, and the Falcons get the ball at like the 45-yard line. So then Matt Ryan, who was a rookie then, throws the ball on the sideline. I don't remember who the Falcons receiver was, but whomever was, they caught it, got out of bounds with one second to go with one pass. And then Jason Elam, the old-time uh, Denver Broncos kicker, was with Atlanta then, and he calmly came out and kicked the field goal and beat us. Again, you score with like 12 seconds to go. They have no timeouts, and they still beat us. And that was all on Lovey, yep. that game. Absolutely. I remember unlovely. it well. Absolutely on Thank you for the question, J2K. I was trying to forget about that one. That's not Orton. That's one more question. Not the defense. That's all on Lovey for that squib kick. Oh, for sure. <laughs> God. So, do we have any more questions left here, Kitty? No, that's it. Well, let's bring all Kitty, right. and then we can talk that Bush story that we were going to talk about on the other show. Let's and I was bring, like, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, are you with me, Kitty? I am. 
uh, I'm going to try to still make this as short as I can, but I had gone to my first ever strip club. All right. It was exciting. <laughs> they said, now this ties into this Bush story. Uh, They're like Miss Nude World is going to be in town. I was like, wow. was it a fully nude strip club though? Oh Pink yeah. Yeah, that's what, like- yeah. West Virginia okay. is always full nude. <laughs> and, okay. but I had never gone to one. I, I just turned 18, you know, uh, or no, I'm about to turn 19, but I'm still 18. And uh, I'm a freshman in college and I, Miss Nude World's going to be there. I was like, wow. I had slept with two women at this point in my life. And I'm like, Miss Nude World, she must have like pussy from like fucking, I mean, this has got to be, if you died and went to heaven and got laid in heaven, <laughs> that this has got to be some special, sh- I've, I've got to go. And again, this is the power of radio advertising. I've been in radio for like 20 years now. I still remember the ad. It was like their their spot was bad kitties when this kitty's bad she's real bad call 434 meow and i was like oh i'm going i'm going so my two of my friends and i we're going to this fucking strip club i've never been to strip club. we go at like 5 30 they're not even open yet we don't even know what the fuck to do so they're like well let's get this big man here to carry all the liquor in and i was like you want me to carry all the liquor in yes sir you know so I, I do a little bit, I do like a half hour work at this the strip club carrying all the liquor in. So the guy goes, hey, how would you like some tickets for Bush and Garbage at Marshall University? And I was like, I would love those tickets. So I get the tickets and I think, oh, it's in a week. It's a short turnaround, but I'll be okay. I'm going. Rewind. So we're, I'm at work, don't know shit about anything. And this guy comes up to me and he goes, do you want to go to the the golden palace or, or i think it was called the palace maybe just the palace and i was like what is that he's like oh that's a bar and i was like well i've never been to a bar i don't think i want to go to a bar though he's like oh man you gotta go i was like i'm not even 21 he's like oh i can get you in so late as, as the shift would progress we had a, a strong contingency of cross-dressing males at the time which i'm not imposing any um hostility or, or uh, mocking in any way but this dude had feet like Shaq and the motherfucker wants a girl's like, I was like, they don't make this shoe in your size. I mean, you're wearing like a 17 in men's, but I'm, I'm High all heels. Night, yeah. All night long. I'm going back and then let me go check in the back to see if we've got that in your size. And clearly they don't, but I hear the two or three cross-dressing males talk about how they're going to be, you know, stripping at this bar or whatever they fucking did or whatever. So I was like, Oh man, I'll go to the guy. Will. I was like, I don't want to you take this the wrong way, but um, is 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 that a, like a you know like a, like, a, like a gay bar or something? I mean, um, I didn't want to go to the, the quote unquote straight bar. Now you're taking me to the, like the gay bar, and um, he goes, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, but I'm straight. I was like, oh, I don't care if you're straight or gay or not. It has nothing to do with it. And I said specifically, I wouldn't want to go watch the Bears play the Packers in Green Bay either. It's just not my scene. I don't think they should burn the stadium down. I don't think they should not have gay bars. I just think I don't I don't want to go. I mean, so <laughs> my boss gets told this. Her name was Rachel. Again, I worked at Hot Topics, my second job ever. And she had, I don't know, some guy nodded in her and, and never was the dad or something. So she hated men now. She hated all men. And just literally hated all fucking men. And she, she really hated me. So she takes me to the back and she says, there are different people or there are people with different sexual orientations than you. And I see you've put in uh, a request to go to a concert next week. And she says, I tell you this, I hope you go. But if you go, you're going to be resigning or consider yourself fired because I'm scheduling you that night now because you're a bigot. 
she didn't use the word bigot. She said, because you don't like homosexuals. And I was like, just, I didn't know what to say. Like I, like now I, you know, would almost protest, but like my mouth just, just <laughs> fucking drew, just fell open. I'm like, I kept thinking, well, if, if I say I don't hate gay people, then I sound like I hate gay people. But I'm like, I don't have a problem with gay people in any way, period. But so she said this and I thought about it. I was like, should I just go? Should I just go to the concert? I went to work. Went to work, ended up giving my tickets away to somebody at the college, and they went. And that was the, that was, and I'll really wrap this up. That was the first of five times that I've had tickets for Bush and didn't get to see them. So you had the, I'm a homosexual bigot or heterosexual bigot thing. And then there was, (laughs) I had tickets for them in 2013 at a festival with Soundgarden, no less. And rain and lightning and i stood out in the rain for six hours i'm holding my balls like because it's the only thing i can do to stay warm i bought a toboggan and it's in fucking may no less the day before was 90 degrees the next day it's 48 and it's like bush is the next band and they're like oh we're calling it off the rest of the day too much rain too much rain and i didn't see anybody that i wanted to see before that next one 2015 i bought tickets for a festival bush pulls out a week before I'm like, God damn, man. Um, let's see. In Florida this year, I was literally at the stage when Bush was about to play and lightning hit. And that was their set. And I was at the stage. And that was that. And in 2019, I was going through a divorce, which is another story we don't need to talk about. But it was like, oh, we're going to get back together. And this Bush concert's on our wedding anniversary. So when it turns out, no, actually, we hate each other and we're getting a divorce. Not that I ever hated her, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I couldn't go on my wedding anniversary to a Bush concert when I know I'm getting divorced, so I just gave her the tickets. Oh. So, so it's been like five times that I've had tickets for Gavin for whatever reason I didn't get to see. So I was worried tomorrow was going to be like the hurricane or whatever, but <laughs> the venue was confirmed the show was on. But like I said, I've got VIP passes to meet him tomorrow. And they haven't gotten the instructions to me. Like, when I need to be, where do I go? Oh, my God. Uh, is wrenching for you. <laughs> Dan. I, Dan. Everything's in. Everything's in. <laughs> I need to calm down. I get it. <laughs> With the Bush song. Yeah, I, I think it can't be. You know, when all these things go wrong. And last Gavin story for him. So I finally see them. I've seen, I've seen him one time. It was in Raleigh, North Carolina in 2018. And he's going through the song Little Things from the first album. And he was going across. I'm like, I don't know why I'm gesturing to you. You can't see me. But he was going through the crowd, the cheap seats. And I was, I kept looking back and I was like, ah, it's starting to hurt my neck. So I turn around to the stage. And I'm like, I'll wait for him to come back. And I hear this roar. Like, inex- I mean, there's no way to mimic it. But you just know, like, oh, shit, was there a fight or something? And I turn around and Gavin's standing right beside me. Mm. And like, I, like, my instinct was to put my hand out have him shake my hand but he brings me and this is going to sound like i'm really like not only am i not a bigot it sounds like i want to go down on him when i tell you what happened he pulls me in tight and his pecs touch mine and he was in tremendous shape his pecs are hard like a fucking cock yeah he's good his pecs are hard as a rock and he raises my you how tall is he uh probably six feet five ten five eleven somewhere through there so six five right yeah he raises my hand over my head like i've just won like a ufc fight you know and uh, the whole thing felt like it was two minutes but it was probably like 30 seconds and i'm like barbie 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 barbie's my date she's on her phone and missed all of it oh no god she could have taken 
I've got like six pictures of the back of Gavin's head and stuff I could send you where I was standing right beside him after the mem- the moment that he like rubbed our man tits together and like raised my hand. Um, but I don't have the moment where I met him. So I was like, okay, I've got to buy the v- VIP passes to finally meet him tomorrow. And now that's in, in the balance because I haven't been instructed on where to go. But that's oh my Bush my story. I, I, it's probably like some secret event that they're going to give you the last second instructions to follow. The, go to this point. Oh, like when you get there, movie. text yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we heard your Not podcast. We heard your podcast last night, and Gavin says he does not want a blowjob from you. Leave him alone. <laughs> like, How I'm do you so know? Sorry. How do you know? It took that long for you to see them. I mean, I I went to college in Iowa. I, I started out at community college in Illinois, and I'm like, there's way too many high school people here for me. I, I feel like I'm, I just went from high school to fucking high school. I got to go. So right. I went to school in Iowa and went to a lot of concerts in the Quad Cities. And one of them happened to be what they called was a rave, but it really wasn't a rave. And it was the Bush concert and garbage was opening for them. But what we didn't know was No Doubt was opening for garbage and no one had any clue who No Doubt was. They were very new on the scene. They weren't even on the radio yet. And when they came out, I we were all like just godsmacked, like, holy shit, this is fucking amazing. And then Garbage comes on. And I was a huge fan of Garbage. Me too. And I was there for Bush. I love them. And I hope you get to see them. When you tell me the story that when you were 18 years old and you <laughs> You're being brought to a, I guess you would call it maybe a drag queen male strip club. Is that kind of what it would be like? Uh, that particular it's not night. like a drag club, yeah. They yeah. definitely were males uh, taking off clothes. And I can't say that, I, I mean, I like to think, without talking politics, that I'm pretty open-minded. Yeah. And, but at 18, I probably was a lot more afraid of that and less comfortable than I'm willing to admit. But I didn't hate gay people ever. But right. if you said a bunch of gay people are, are having a great time and doing this and doing that, I'm like, well, that doesn't involve me. It'd be like, again, I don't want to go to Green Bay either. And right. I said that. Right. I said I'm hanging out with those Packer fans. <laughs> right, right. I said it's not my scene. That's the way I artic- articulated myself at 18. I don't want to go to Green Bay. I don't want want to go straight. I've never been to a Green Bay. I've lived four hours from Green Bay my entire life. I've never been to a Green Bay game. I'm sorry. I personally hate going to to a White Sox game. I cannot stand going to Comiskey. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. Even when the Cubs are playing them, I'm I'm a Cubs fan, so it, it just it makes my skin crawl when I have to go to Comiskey for any reason. But there's to me when she said that to you, your boss. She wasn't understanding the age you were at and just how unknown it was. Like now, of course, many men are extremely open to it. But back then when even like, you know, I'm 46. So growing up, many of the teenage men that I knew, boys, there's no fucking way they would be down for that. It was extremely not the norm. So there's no way that you should be have been called what you were called. Well, she was wasn't like, justified. I don't think she was in her mid twenties herself, but well, yeah, she, but she was would've... ignorant to the fact of understanding how you were feeling. Right. Yeah. You, you, she, you she know? hated me, man. She just didn't yeah. like me at all. I, I, and it's, it's funny because 
in in our interview, she she cussed or something. So I told a joke and was just fuck it, man. Like she's cussing in the interview. So I said something and I made her laugh in the interview. Have no idea what it was now. And she said, I like your sense of humor. I'm hiring you. So at least for, for 30 minutes, she liked me, but right. after she started working with me, she didn't like me. I I don't know. Like I, I maybe it, like I'm 41. So maybe now if you said, let's go see a drag show, like if Jenny is like, let's go to a drag show, let's go to a drag show. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe I'd go, but at, <laughs> 18, at I mean, 18, I was just, it was no. like, I've been to one. They're fun. They're yeah. fun. I'm completely comfortable with my sexuality now. And at that point in my life, only have it slept with two women. Like I was probably afraid of women as much as I was the gay man. You know, like <laughs> I mean, at that point, I'd have been in two vaginas my whole life. Give me a break, you know. I mean, congratulations <laughs> for you for being in two at eighteen. Oh man, my <laughs> high school girlfriend's uh, mom let me stay over all the time, like because it was like she got divorced at like forty-five, you know, and still looked really good. She was in great shape. And so she hadn't, hadn't been able to run around and just be young and shit when she was young. Cause she had kids. So she knew I didn't do any drugs or anything. So it was like, she would let, she would be willing to let me come over and fuck her daughter all night. If that meant she could go get some booze. Is what I'm saying. But, but she knew that her daughter wasn't doing any drugs with me. And that was a big thing. She was concerned. Her daughter would be with the wrong guy, you know, in that regard. So I could sleep in that doing drugs. I slept in the, we slept in the same bed and everything we got up. I would not all the time, but there'd be days where she'd come to my house. I'd come to her house and we just ride the school bus back and forth because we couldn't drive yet. Yeah. So my mom was the big sell. My mom's like, I don't want you staying down there. You'll get that girl pregnant. And I was like, oh, uh, she's, but she's on birth control. So I was like, please just let me stay. Now you're mentioning, well, here's, here's, here's the other question I have to bring up. You're mentioning a MILF. And you said two girls and that she was still, she's a MILF. She wasn't the other girl, was she, Dan? No. You mean her mom? No. Yeah. You're saying she was in good shape. Oh, really she was. She was. No, the first, the first older lady I'd ever met, like that, like did stuff with me. I was in radio already. And I was like 23. And she's like, you sound so much older. And I was like, no, yeah, I'm 23, you know? And, uh, yeah, so that was the first time she was 50 and I actually, maybe I just turned 24, but she was 50. That was the first older lady that I was with, man. I think she slept with. Yeah. 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 She just liked me cause I was on the radio. Cause back, back then we were live, live radio. Wasn't fake. You know, like now when we end this podcast, I've got to record tonight's show. It's, it's recorded. But back then, like I had to, ch- I had to play the segues and, the songs, all of it was on CD. Even the sound effects saying the station. You were name. how old? Wait, you were how old when she was 50? 24. 23. Oh, 24. I, I think I had turned 24. It was in the fall of 04. God damn, bro. Good job. <laughs> but she only liked me because I was on the radio. I mean, that's it. I mean, period. But yeah. Still. She, she's it? probably dead. I mean, now. I, <laughs> what was going what was going through your head though at that moment? You're like, I started quickly. Uh, I started quickly digging older ladies. Then not just for the dirty part. Uh, I felt like younger women. I and and this is certainly no offense to Jenny because it's not her at all. Because you know she's eight years younger than me, but she's definitely 
the the thing that connected us, if I could speak for her, and she's got a mic that she can talk on her own here. But I think the thing that connected us was like we had good conversation at all times. And when I was in my early 20s, I felt like anybody younger than me, if I even you know, talked about history or anything political or whatever, because I was already like I grew up watching the Iran Contra hearings when I was seven. I didn't know what was going on, but I knew I liked it. So I, I couldn't be myself. It's like if I used a big word, young girls would be like, ew, something's wrong with him. But with like older women, I could be like, fuck yeah, I remember the goddamn George Bush, Bill Clinton debates. You know, like, and they dug it, man. And I could speak my own vernacular and not feel uncomfortable. I could use what people would say big words. And uh, they had substance and they could talk back and have conversation with me. So I always dug older women in that regard because I felt like they had substance too. And at the time, the younger women didn't. They were just like, yeah. oh, what's hot? You know, like, or like if it were today, they'd be like talking about TikTok. And if you said something about like World <laughs> War II, they'd be like, oh my God, that's before I was born. It's like, it, they, yeah, they I get it. Yeah, they wouldn't even give you the accurate facts of what it is, or they would hear. Oh, God. I, I can't, I can't even get into that. But like, see, you were fortunate as a male to date an older, sleep with an older woman, where I <laughs> have dated older men, but I was called like the Barbie, right? I was the little eye candy. Anything that I said that actually had substance to it, I was dismissed. Like, oh, you're I'm gonna so let cute. you guys Go talk while there. I take a piss. No. <laughs> Hold on. But it is somewhat one-sided, truly, truly, from a female perspective. I am very educated. I, I do not try to say anything that I'm unaware of when right. I'm speaking. And if I'm wrong, if I'm ignorant, I will say I was absolutely ignorant on that please enlighten me. I want to learn. I don't want to excuse what I say if I'm not understanding what it is that we're talking about. If I say something and someone's like, that's actually not accurate. I'm like, oh, okay, well, please tell me. And I, and many people say the word ignorance, oh, don't use that word. No, it just means that you're unaware. When you're ignorant and you learn from it, then you become more intelligent. When you say something and someone corrects you and you don't learn from it, then you're stupid. And I can't fix stupid. That's my theory on it. So you were fortunate enough to have older women listen to you. Yeah, they dug they dug my just talking, you know. Right. Like... Right. But women, and I know that Ginny could probably say that, and her friend, I think it was Jessica earlier, and any of the males out there. You do have to know some female that has said at some point, oh, this older person or this older man dismissed me because I was younger. Constantly. Oh, my gosh. See? Especially yeah. in, like, it, the it, rural area. Yes. Yes. And it's so frustrating. <laughs> Back to them, making more money than them, successful and actually enlightening myself and becoming more intelligent than them. So that's how I get back at them when it comes oh, yeah. to that. <laughs> Again, it's just the irony of the two, like the two stories. Like I said, I felt like, like I remember 
I, I don't like to dress up, you know, like I wears bear, I wear bears gear, or like band shirts and my, my jobs allow me to do that. But mm-hmm. I can remember being on a date in like 2004 or five. And uh, so I brought the, the girl flowers and had a tie on mm-hmm. and uh, she was the cheerleader at my college. And she's like, my God, you're embarrassing me at that fucking tie. Can you please take it off? And it's just Aww. like they, they, at that time, and I, I'd like to think probably now even more that the the younger ladies at that time that I met, not all younger ladies. And if I happened to like men, it would probably have been the same way with guys. So I'm not mm-hmm. slamming females as as much as I'm just slamming the the females that I happen to cross or talk to. Uh, so that that's a small percentage of them. But I felt like most of those ladies just didn't have any substance. They wanted to get drunk and fucked at a party. At, at the the frat house or whatever and they damn sure couldn't tell me anything about stalin you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's just so the older ladies to belabor the point sort of i could have deep conversations with and that that all started because of radio because they took me they probably wouldn't have taken me seriously like oh you got long hair and a fucking nirvana shirt on or something but because i was on the radio and they thought initially that i was probably in my mid to late 40s because my voice has been this deep since i was like 13 for real um that's another story when i uh, <laughs> i lost my virginity this is the cliff notes to, to we we love you cliff i hope you're okay um the, the i lost my virginity I was 14 and the girl was 14 and the mom found out and she called my house and she's like i can tell you're at least 22 or 23 and my daughter is a is a fucking minor and we're gonna charge you and i'm like scared to death you know i'm like listen i swear i'm 14 i don't know what you're talking about She's like, you're you're six feet fucking three, and you listen to your voice. I was oh already God. six two, six three at like fourteen, but my voice was already deep. So that's what I'm saying. I was I already had my chest hair. I was already a man. It as, as even though I was I was like Britney Spears. I'm not a girl, but I'm not yet a woman or some shit. <laughs> you know that song? Anyway, uh, you remind yeah. me of a guy that I went to like middle school with. He listened to Metallica and collected comic books and got me into both of them. And he was like a bigger dude, just. He looked like he, you know, he had a mustache at like, you know, 13. <laughs> I always hated mustaches, and so it wasn't me. <laughs> when I was like a freshman in high school, everyone had a mustache in like, you know, their senior, junior year. And they had really nice ones. You go back and look at them now. It's like, how did that happen? Everyone looks, all the seniors in their yearbook pictures now look like they're 14 but when i was a freshman they all look like they were 35 you know when they were seniors moisturizer no they had full mustaches i know but you guys finally started using moisturizer that's why they look younger in their high school photos when we were in high school no one took care of their skin Hmm. no i don't think that's correct a hundred percent kitty 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 kill that Chat 69 bullshit. Please. What? And in, in chat. Oh god. Do you see that? Yep. Get out. Get on that shit, kitty. You're my dog. Oh lord. What happened? What I, mean? I, I Oh, there's a fucking best adult dating site going on in chat right now. Oh. There, thank no. you. Thank yeah. you, darling. Yeah. I, I, I've got another we'll switch it up then. I got a, a one more anecdote for you, kitty. Uh, going back to Gavin, we'll bring this full circle. Yes, yes. yes I yes. was listening to Howard Stern a few years ago, and he had Gavin on. 
And at the time, like they had just gotten divorced. So Howard's really probing for like anti-Gwen stuff. He's trying so hard to pull it out of Gavin. So I'll tell you the bad thing he said and then the good thing he said. The only thing Gavin would say bad about her, and he basically said, this is what led to him cheating, but, you know, I have to own that. He admitted that, you know, because he was fucking their nanny or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was like, man, the last time she got pregnant, he's like, she didn't call me. She didn't text me. He's like, she literally sent me an email and I opened the email and all it said was, I hate you. Mm. And he said to basically, this essentially was when you feel so hated that your wife doesn't respect you enough to even tell you that you're going to be a dad again. And that she hates you and you believe it. She hates you. You'll look for anybody for solace because you feel so bad about your life that you just want anybody that can listen. And, and he wasn't trying to say, oh, that, uh, please feel bad for me. That's why I fucked the nanny. He was just, he was saying that that was the mindset of what led to his betrayal of his vows. But he wouldn't say anything else bad about her other than the fact that he didn't like like her moving to Oklahoma. He's like, it's such a strain on their, their kids and stuff. But here's the good part. So he says to his manager, you know that tour, this is coming full circle. The tour that you saw, right? Yeah. He, he said that his manager comes up to him and says, hey, uh, you know that band No Doubt? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, we would like to add them to the tour. What do you think? G- Gavin said he was do- about to do sound check. He's in the arena. There's nobody there. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And the band's there warming up, you know, doing sound check. Or about to do sound check, about to start. And he goes, I don't think that's a good idea because, I mean, they're a good band, sure, but I don't think that our audience will like them, and I don't think their audience will like us. I don't think it's a good mac, um, good match. And he said, so they start doing their thing. They're playing guitar, singing, whatever. And a girl comes into the arena. It's empty arena. It's, it's daytime, like I told you. And she's on roller skates. And she's skating around the concert arena. And she's looking at him. And he goes, there's no denying she's looking at me. She's looking at me and she wants to be noticed. He's like, she was noticed. I fell in love immediately. He said, I looked at her and then I looked at our fucking manager. I said, they're on the tour. Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So he said he just saw her skating and looking at him. And he said, I fell in love immediately. Her energy is, um, is absolutely amazing. Everything that she did, like no doubt did together was fabulous. I like the the ska stuff so much better than when she went solo and was trying to do the pop shit, you know? Yeah, I know. Every time, every time I walk into Spiderwebs, I sing the song in my head. Yeah, exactly. That's no doubt to me is like, you know, that's, that's good Gwen, you know? It's like good Rex and bad Rex. Good Rex and bad Rex. It's good Gwen and bad Gwen. Yep. And I really hope you guys get to go backstage. I I really, really hope it happens for you after the the amount of times you got dissed. Well, I I literally paid, you know, um, $300 for both of our passes. So I would hope that they'll honor it. But uh, it's it's weird. Bush is opening on this tour. I think maybe there's one band, but Bush is before Breaking Benjamin and Alice in Chains. So they start playing at 6 o'clock straight up. So the meet and greet's got to be at like two thirty or four or something. You'd have to think it's yeah, it's before, yeah. it's before that. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about a, let's talk about a different concert, Dan. So I got the the tickets to 
Smashing Pumpkins. Right, yeah. And that was Jenny, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no, yes, we got that. Thank you. <laughs> no, it, it wasn't Kitty because at first she was like, what? And then she's like, you know, because we live, we're going to be in the northern suburbs. So we're actually, to kill the thought of us all driving together, we're going to have to take a train down there because mm. it's right there. It's like two minutes away. So we'll take the train down to wherever. We're gonna have to meet you guys down there. But and that's fine. I already paid for parking anyway, so it's it's already paid. And she was, and she was like, actually, I think we can make that. Yeah. So I think Kay's getting looking forward to excited, or she's getting excited now, looking forward to that concert with you at Smashing Puppins because look how much fun she's having talking to you about yeah. music. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think she will. If you haven't seen them before, they, they have a great show. I can't vouch for Jane's Addiction. I've only seen them once. But again, I heard Billy and Perry Farrell talking on Stern about they're so tight that there's going to be a competition, like who can blow the other one off the stage, and they're going to be trying to do that. And then you have really? Poppy opening, who is this wild lady on stage. I mean, it's like Bjork if she were young and American. Mm -hmm. and so, like, I've seen her at that festival in Florida and was like, she's fucking crazy, dude. Like, uh, it's just an incredible... Like I, I like her vibe, whatever. She's she's wild, and so you got Poppy, and then Jane's Addiction, and, and then Smashing Pumpkins, who I can vouch for. I think it's going to be a great night. And Billy's from Chicago, big Bears fan, big Cubs fan, mm -hmm. and it's a homecoming for him. So you know there's going to be extra energy when he's from Chicago. You know, it's just going to be a great. Hopefully night. the Bears are only like four and two or five and two at that point, and he'll be all excited and on the stage amping us up with it. At least just <laughs> let the Bears win that day. Totally, they haven't beaten yeah, Miami in Chicago since opening day of 88. Now, wow. granted, the Dolphins have only been there like three or four times subsequent to that, but still the point being the Bears haven't beaten them at home since before a month before my girlfriend was born. Oh, man. <laughs> See? Oh, no. What are you, 30, a Cougar? She's going to be 34. She's a grown woman. It's not like I'm, I was like, hey. She's I, not I, a cougar. Yeah, it's like I met her no. one day when she was in high school. I mean, come on. You know, she's a grown woman. No, I was calling I was calling him a cougar. What is that for a male then? A can't be cougar. No, you guys are just studs or whatever. I'd like oh. to think yeah. I'm not a pervert. is Because like I said, I'm. No, it's not pervert. You guys yeah. get kudos for it. We get called cougars, panthers, pumas. Whatever else you want to call us. <laughs> no, that's only a five-year difference, right? Hey, we're we're eight years apart. Oh, eight years? That's nothing. I'll be yeah. 42 and she'll be 34. As a male, once you get into like the 12, 13-year difference, that's when you start to – you could go into puberty at 12. That might be a little weird, but you're yeah, good. If I was like – I mean, like I when the older the lady was older, it never made me feel uncomfortable. It does typically when the girl – is younger. I mean, I don't mean younger, like two years, but like, you know, younger, because there is an eight year difference. But again, we had great conversation that you can't quantify by age or gender or anything. I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, Jenny, if you were a male, I would have sucked your fucking dick is what I'm saying. <laughs> That's a joke. But still, the point is, we had great conversation. Like I felt uh, kind of I don't want to sound corny or disingenuous. I kind of felt sort of, uh, you know, attached to her before I even fucking officially even knew her just because of all the fucking hours we spent talking. We did talk a lot. Dude, mm -hmm. that's 
what we did. Like we, Kitty and I went how long before we oh, even saw each other? Again? Hey, oh, oh, no. that. Uh, <laughs> A year. January, February, five months. Oh well, no, we went five well, months talking before we did that. Two years yeah. before we saw each other again. We had yeah. yeah we we had a date and then it worked out really well and then some shit happened then it, a couple of years passed and we started dating again and then it was like five months and then it was like <laughs> but it yeah. took thankfully, that much time. Thankfully, yeah. our thing didn't take that much time. <laughs> no offense. Well, <laughs> well, no, we were just trying. We were just trying to get to know each other. Was all. But I was physically not in the same state as him. I was actually working on a movie That's true. in Boston. <laughs> and That's when true. we started talking again. I was in Boston, and he's not coming there. Um, so we developed this long-distance courtship again, if you will, to where he even painted me a painting of the Chicago skyline and sent it to me in Boston. Are we and still then, live? Jesus Christ. Yep, we're still <laughs> live. So take note, all you men out there, how you want to win a woman, paint a painting. Oh, and we, and we, we, we went to Maui for a month because she was working there for two months on a movie. I left after a month, came back a week later, bought a ring, met her on the beach, and surprised her at the hotel on the beach. She thought I was at at home in Illinois, and I was back on the beach in Maui, and asked her to marry me. Ha! That's how that happened. Beat that. Yeah. Yeah, that was that, that was that fast. So we officially started. Our first date was like January fifteenth, and then from there we were just all in. Then I got the gig, and he came with me for a month. Left, came back, and that was what May. I think you proposed to me. So super short. <laughs> and that's why we call him dating. Shorty, right? <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. and now we're almost going on ten years now. A marriage. Congratulations. Uh, 13, 14 together. Mm. But I thank you. Know. Thank you. Uh, and she's was, my producer of Bears Country Podcast. Uh, Jenny was trying to say something, <laughs> but for some reason her mic isn't loud enough, so I want to give her mine just for a second so she can talk. Well, I mean, you know, talk, say something, shit. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me put you on the spot. <laughs> yes. Oh, 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 what do I, I say? I have no recollection about whatever it was that I said at that point in time, but um, it's a cute story, and uh, I'm glad you guys are going strong. But thank you. We'll tell you more in depth thank when you. we go or at the Bears game hanging out, doing some drinks. Oh, yeah. Having a good time. Well, she likes good, to smoke crap, so I hope you'll do that with her. <laughs> I do not. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm going to have crack with me. We're going to be I'm, all good then. I'm joking. I'm so joking. I'm so joking. Jenny, I, I have this <laughs> really this nice flavor? crack pipe. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Oh, that's awesome. Is it? Is it a Bears themed crack pipe? That it's a Bears awesome. hand blown uh, crack pipe. You're going to love it. Oh. That's great. I can't wait. Do you think they have bears like uh, dildos, like glass bears dildos? <laughs> oh, 100% they do. There's got to be one. If they don't. Like Virginia's face on it while you're doing it. She thought like, I was talking about her because her name's Virginia, below, too. Bears Country Podcast. In, in, in like the uh, Patreon below, like a Bears Country Podcast uh, dildo, glass dildo for sale. 
First off, I don't even, why are there even glass dildos? That should not be available. That's too dangerous. I happen uh, to like mine. <laughs> just saying. Girl, aren't you scared? That shit's going to crack. Or nah, crack? I've like busted that shit on the side of the counter. Like, it's not going anywhere. That's not glass then. That's like super sills. Like, that has to be that, what is that? The, um, honey, what is that? The poly? Like epoxy? Epoxy yes, or epoxy. something? No, nah, nah, it's glass. It's just thick. Two C's or maybe three. Wow. I got I give my hat off to you. I can't do glass. That's just too much. That's too that's too risky. I should I, I should leave this conversation. No, no. I think we <laughs> No, you literally did. Look. <laughs> my bad. You know, the, I just uh, leave, the I just leave you guys to talk about your dildos now. Okay. Now, okay, I don't want to put her on the spot, but I want you to hear this horrific story. Okay. I'm not going to say what she may or may not have done with another person. That other person's name is not to be conveyed, that kind of thing. But vaguely, she may or may not know someone that did like, the, I don't get this. Now, she says it's very common. Oh, God. <laughs> but I think like the urethra torture where like they just shove something deep in the guy's cock and, and shake it around. To me, that makes me want to die just by thinking about it. But apparently she knows a person, it may or may not be her, that had a guy that loved to have you shove that thing in his dick. And I, I to me, I would rather I would rather die. I don't think I mean, I've heard it. In fact, I actually I, just saw a movie last night, Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie from oh. 2012. If you've ever seen that movie, I have and, not saw that movie. Okay, they are doing a lot of shit to his. Uh, Tim, and, Tim, and, Tim and Eric's yeah. bedtime stories is fucking hilarious. They're like a comedy skit group. Tim and Tim and Eric's bedtime stories. It's yeah. on like Netflix or whatever. It is. But they have a movie hilarious called Tim and Eric's Billion Dollar Movie, and they were doing some. They were taking hooks and things and going hmm. off for it, and, you know. Hey. That's a little bit much, um, but um, I can I can highly advise the the silicone implements. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Hooks? What are you talking about, Kitty? Is it? Yes. But are, they, are, they, are, they, are, they, are they like? Um, what's the movie? They're hooking uh, the end of his penis with, with, and they're sticking. With stuff. like the nail head guy. What's the? Come on, oh, Dan, help me out with the guy. With, oh, pinhead. Are they like taking like? Hooks and spreading apart their labias and shit. Like, what are they doing? Like, what, 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 no, what no, hooks? No, no, no. That doesn't... These these things are inside of the guy, inside yeah. his fucking cock. Like oh. inserting it in. Yes, dude. I can't even imagine having a catheter stuck in my dick, much no. less anything like that. It's very similar to a catheter, and I mean, you you, you could just no. Google it. There, there's reasons. I'm just All saying. Right. I, I gotta I gotta say something. So. <laughs> I met a girl a few years ago, and I'll just this. I'm going to make this a, a, a 60 second story. She's six feet two, and she tells me and this is absolutely 100% true. This is during the pandemic, right before the pandemic really hit hard when lockdown and stuff. But she's like, Now, listen, for four years, I've been dating women because guys have short, like, little man syndrome complex, and they can't handle me being taller. But she's like, because I'm bigger than all the women, I have to fucking constantly use a strap on and shit. She's like, listen, I'm a girl and I'm pretty and I want to be fucked. I want to be dicked down. And I was like, oh, shit, I'll try. I mean, I don't know if I'm the guy you should be talking to. Like, there's a lot of other starting candidates better than me. But I was like, eh, what the hell? I'll try. So 
we we do the thing, you know, and it's like, whew, thank God I passed her test. I'm like, it was like her first dick in four, allegedly in four years or whatever. And then, but by, by the third time I saw her, she was like, you know, wanting to peg me. And I was like, I thought you said you wanted to get away from like using the strap on thing. She's like, well, I'm used to using it. So if you'd like to do it. And I was like, eh, I'm okay. I'm okay. Now I'm not saying that's the main reason she never saw me again, but we never saw each other again when I turned down the pegging. And I can tell you this now, I would rather have taken her pegging up my ass to the point where I'm crying than have anything put in my penis ever. Yeah. I can see that. Definitely. I can't, I can't say what I'm thinking. So I'm not going to say it. Why can't you say what you're yeah, thinking you if you're not saying? I was going to say name. there's time to change his mind. At that moment, <laughs> that moment, I need a cigarette. <laughs> That's great. Um, there's, I, I'd like Dan, to think I'm open-minded. Dan, I, I don't know if we can Dan, do that. I, Dan, I will agree with you. Please, put something up my ass before you put it on my dick hole. I, I will take that any day. Like if, if I was in a Russian prison, uh, like a Russian torture prison or something. With Brittany from the WNBA. Like, give me the option. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this fucking, I'm going to stick this truly can up your ass. Or I'm gonna stick this Allen wrench up your dick hole. I will now, take the truly can up my ass all day long, all day night. <laughs> it is so unfortunate that Jenny went to go smoke right now because that story is what got us talking. Cause I was at work and again, you're at 911, you talk about these filthy things to just break the, you know, so you get a lot of serious shit that's happening, you know. So anything like that can relieve a lot of tension sometimes when you're making people laugh and things. So I w was talking about this, like, how is this a thing? Like who the hell is like, I aspire to have shit put in my dick. But it's like, how did this get started? You know? So everybody at work, we're talking about, it, we're liking it. And uh, I, I'm messaging her. I'm talking about, it's like, Hey, what do you think about <laughs> things in guys' <laughs> penises? You know, like I'm just, I'm just in full of myself in, in terms of being, I'm in a good mood. I'm laughing. I, I could risk her never talking to me again. And and she's like straight into the conversation. She's like, well, actually, my somebody she knows, I won't say, you know, I was about to say, uh, really, really like that. And uh, I was like, are you shitting? I was like, well, give us that perspective. We, we're all here waiting to hear it. So in a lot of ways, this urethra torture business is what got us talking. Well, you know, there's a pot, there's a silver lining to everything, right? Yeah. But everyone is their own thing. Everyone has their own thing. I'm not into uh, when someone takes my my hand and like sucks on my finger. Because I'm like, dude, I haven't washed my hands. That's disgusting. So <laughs> she's back. You know? She's back. Like, don't suck on my toes back. either. I, I've been sweating my shoes all day. Well, I don't, I, I, right, I don't like, want. I'm not going to criticize the toe sucking now. I'm just saying. Look, but, clean feet. Yeah, but if you just take my sock off, that's on you. That's on you. Are you wearing your shoes all day. Right. That's like that's like taking like a that's like taking like a a dick out of its pants after an entire day's worth of working in the fields oh, and just yeah. sucking on it. You know, like without oh, drippy dicks too. Without without drippy dicks, right? right. <laughs> Let me, let me you gotta have you. the drippy dicks bags in there for that shit. So Jenny's back. I told him in a lot of ways, 
this urethra torture story got us talking. Oh yeah. Because I was at 911 making everybody laugh with this or maybe maybe offending somebody, I don't know quietly, but everyone seemed to be talking, enjoying it and you were online and I was like, "What do you think about this urethra torture?" And she just went straight for it. And I sent him a picture. <laughs> oh. <laughs> evidence. Yeah. I said, "Oh, are you talking about this?" And I was like, I yes. was like, man, I want to fuck this girl, but I don't want her touching my penis like, with that thing. <laughs> don't piss her off, man. Oh, he knows how to do that, and she'll do it. Don't you ever hear? Remember hearing about? Have you ever heard this? Because I, I, I have. In other countries where they rape women, they cut their take clip a off? glass. No, they take a glass rod and stuff it up their dick hole, and they break it. My God, that's their punishment. Oh. Oh. I remember hearing that when I was a kid. I don't know if it's true or not, but if it was, oh boy! I know some of those like anti, that. some of those anti-female cultures will make them cut off their clit because they think that because it's for nothing other than pleasure that it's somehow unholy, which is crazy. But you know, yeah, that's still that's still like in like um, Dubai, Africa, big time. There's well, still haven't you ever seen any? Have you, you ever seen any of those enlarged clits that almost looks like a dick? Oh my god, do you remember the WWF wrestler? She's she's dead now, China. Yes, yeah. I watched China's porn with X Pac, uh, and, or Sean Waltman's his real name. So, I, I think if Joni was here, China, she would admit that she took steroids. I don't think that that's a like a like I'm not slamming a dead person when I say that, but as a result of all the bodybuilding and the, the steroids that she allegedly took, I'm saying, uh, her clit looked like a small penis. It was yeah. really, it really looked like a guy with like a two or three inch dick. That's what I'm saying. That's what yeah, I'm saying. It looks he like was a... sucking on it and everything. I was like, God, I can't come to this. <laughs> I don't like the nipples that are like that either. Like three inch long nipples or something. Some, oh, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. That's, that's too much. <laughs> But <laughs> and it got uh, quiet. A, dick, a dick for a clit. Now you know where it came from, right? <laughs> well, I think that's what they do in like the 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 transitioning like girl to boy. They just kind of stretch that motherfucker out and hope for the best. They do. <laughs> like, yes, that's exactly what they do. Well, they like turn it inside out and stretch it, and and then they do the opposite. Then they push it in and spread it out. I can understand like that one, but if I'm a girl, like I'm not giving up my clit. <laughs> I mean, oh God, I wish no, I had... never, ever, yeah, ever yeah. give it up. The guy thing, like, same thing it. as a guy. Why would you want to give up your dick? Like, you want to turn that inside out? Where do you get the pleasure from? It's still. I don't know. Well, I, the way I, that they do it is that you still have all of the sensory parts to it, so you still get that sensation. But a lot. Yeah, but once you start cutting nerves and stuff, like where do you get the sensation? Like. Once you fuck up nerves, it's hard to get your your nerve sensation back, especially in critical areas like that. Like you can fuck up the nerves on your hand and never have your fingers feel right. So I can't imagine they would be able to get that right 100 well, percent of the time. I, I don't want to speak for reverse engineer a dick. <laughs> I don't want to speak for the late the guys that become that are ladies now. That, but I mean, if that were the case, if it was just like ah, oh, this fucking man made vagina is not doing the trick, I think they would probably be okay with the other hole. But I'm, I'm I'm not trying to be funny or crude or anything, you know. Well, it's not like we have much data. Like nobody talks about that. So, where's the input on that? It's not like people, you know, people come out publicly and talk about that shit. Well, you know, I thought it was gonna work, but it turns out 
as an indie, it doesn't feel as good. You know, <laughs> they just live with it. God, th this is so true. We're, we're turning it. We're going to Howard Stern. Whenever you retire, we're taking your spot. What in the series. fuck is this turning into? <laughs> we're, we're taking your spot as a group. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to just make this unpublic, cut the last hour off of this shit, turn it into <laughs> something else and fucking reproduce the first half of it. Oh God! I think you could just say that uh, the uh, adult conversation afterwards will probably get you more hits, honestly. But um, that's just my suggestion. I mean, you, you're, you're the boss here, bro. But um, right, Bears I'll, talk to a minute twenty afterwards. It's your discretion. Is you just vaguely say adult conversation, and I think that I mean that's covers you. I mean, yes. you, say, you can get their intrigue, and they're like, "Well, what are they saying?" or if you come out and say it's like fucking clit torture or whatever, they might be like, oh, I don't want to hear that shit. But <laughs> let them find right. it up for their own. But here's a true story. This is absolutely true. So I was on a dating site in like 2020. My mom was, I was my mom literally had just died. So uh, the next day is, is her funeral. And so this person is blowing me up, you know, and like sending me messages saying like, I just want to come over and suck your dick. And I was like, I don't know, you know, I, I didn't want to bring up my my deceased mom. But as the conversation went on, uh, she goes uh, like, yeah, I, 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 I uh, transitioned. And I was like, she's like, I transitioned before it was cool. And I was like, well, what are you saying? She's like, oh, I've had the surgery. Like, I've got a vagina. I did that five years ago and, and sent me a picture of her boobage, which I have to admit, not the best it still looked like man breast to me, but uh, at, at this point, I didn't want to be disrespectful. And I, and I remember that story about hot topic and I didn't want to be called a bigot. I didn't want to be like, Oh, you don't like me because I'm trans. So you're a bigot. So I didn't want to get called that either. I just said, um, listen, my mom died and um, I've got to be a pallbearer for my mother in the morning. So you get it right. I, I can't do anything tonight. And then I blocked her. But um, the point is I didn't want her to like, hurt her feelings but i didn't want to necessarily do that either so but that was true she she claimed that she had had the the penis vaginal surgery five years before i mean that's totally understandable i mean it has been around for longer than it's been mainstream and right and i'm oh. not anti-trans or anything and just you know I, okay so then that begs the question had everything been cool in your life no, I, that, that that was the point of my story. I ended, up, I ended up exploiting my mother's death as a result of trying to get out of it, but also not being an asshole or bigot. It's just, right. I, I I don't know, man. It's like, I respect them. I want them to be happy. I want them to do their thing, but it doesn't mean I have to, you know, do things with them any right, more than they, sure. that they have to do with me if they're not attracted to me. You know, I get it. I'm not for right, everyone. It's attraction. Right. It's I'm okay for her, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So, that's a perfect yeah. thing. I think if I was, this is like, I think if I were going to like be somebody that's transitioning, it would be like the guy to the girl because they still least or more looking like female, you know, like more so than the other way. Even if like they still had the vagina, but like had a beard, I would just be, I would puke. Like I hate beards. <laughs> yeah. So. I mean, I, I don't even understand how my wife can kiss me with this thing on my face. It's like, I, I, I think male. I don't mean for you, for me. I don't like beards, so I can't kiss a person. No, I'm just saying, like if I if I was a woman, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't like this on my like trying to kiss this. I don't find a male to be attractive 
naked. Like it, I, I couldn't imagine being a female. I think I would feel the same way. I think I would be like, uh, no, not so much. Well, <laughs> so, I mean, you know, I, mean, I can get where females... people get their own preferences from. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And there's women that love a hairy chest. And then there's women that don't want a hairy chest. I've dated both. There's guys that like Harry Bush, and there's guys that I'm have a Harry Bush shaved. kind of guy. I like that. I like that because it makes me feel yeah. like it's vintage, old school, throwback Bears '85 pussy baby. <laughs> it's like this is like the the, the first the first porn I've ever seen. You know, it was like '80s VHS tapes, and you just hope everyone's away from the house so that you can turn the fucking volume up and oh, and do okay. your business. And you remember Cinemax when you used to of when course. Times? Oh, when I was like 13, Woo! 14, Friday night after dark was some real yep. shit in my bedroom. What <laughs> was it like Lady Victoria's Emmanuel? Garden. Emmanuel, <laughs> uh, Emmanuel 2, The Joys of a Woman. I used to rewind <laughs> that tape over and over in like the part where her friend's supposed to be a virgin and she goes down to eat her pussy, I was like, oh boy, that's my go-to spot right there. That tape, man. That and um, basic instinct. You remember uh, uh, Sharon Stone showed her vagina just for a second. Yeah. Sharon crosses her legs. That part of the VHS tape was also like had a bunch of lines and shit in it. <laughs> like, oh, that's her real vagina. Like, I, you know, that was a go-to for sure. So I guess we know what Jitty looks like down there. <laughs> Hey. I, I was about to make a comment as to like why we were driving two and a half hours to see Bush when that's not. <laughs> yeah. We could see Bush later. Oh, it's but amazing we're going to see Bush and I have this Bush down here. Even if she was if she was completely Bush and you love Bush. No, no, no. But if she was like, listen, I'm shaving, I've had enough of this shit. I want to be bald. I'd be like, okay, fuck, let's go. Go ahead. Like, I mean, I like it, but if she like doesn't like it or wants to change her mind, I'm not going to be like a Bush Nazi. You know? <laughs> Don't you remember the first time you saw it though? Like you lived through it. Like I remember seeing the first porn. I was like, whoa, I feel weird looking at this shaved pussy. This oh, is weird. Oh, I, yeah, Back oh, in I, the I, night, all of a sudden the pussies went from hairy as fuck to completely mm -hmm. shaved. You were like, uh, was that like this Jenna Jameson? Right. Like when Jenna Jameson first came out, or was she after that? When was Jenna Jameson? Because I thought she was hot as fuck. Well, I just I have a story about the 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 the, the hairy bald vagina thing. Actually, I experienced that really young on the a horror movie that I love, The Return of the Living Dead. One of the girls gets killed and becomes a zombie, and she's naked when uh, when she dies, so she's a naked zombie. But even though the film was recorded in 1984, like I watched the bonus features on the Blu-ray and the director said they kept telling us if she didn't shave her vagina, that she was, we were going to get an X rating. So we had to get her to shave her pubic hair. And I remember being like five or six, seven, whatever, watching this on HBO and asking my neighbor, Russell, I was like, where's her pussy? It's gone. I thought the hair was the pussy. I was a kid. I was a fucking kid. I thought her hair was the pussy. I did not because know Because they can that. show like a they can show a naked baby on a commercial, right? Well, this was the 80s though. The film was came out in 85 and was recorded in 84, so like but she didn't have any pubic hair 
And that was the point of the conversation on the, the Blu-rays. Like, it's it's so backwards. You would think they would want her to have the pubic hair to cover the vagina. Right. But they were okay with it being bald then, but couldn't have the hair. But that's a true story, though. I thought the hair itself was the vagina because I had see, already seen, you know, hairy <laughs> pussy for some right. reason and thought right. that the hair itself was the pussy. So I, I don't know. Well, because you, like, came across one of your parents' porn VHSs no, and it had no, a big no, hairy no, no. pussy in it. Thank God I never saw my mother naked. Never. Thank God. And she no, told no, me. No, not, no, 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 no. Not your parents. <laughs> not your parents. Homemade, Dan. Fucking uh, a Ron Jeremy porn that they had with a fucking some Rod with a hairy bush. Jesus a toochie porn. <laughs> a tooch porn, yeah. No, I don't, I don't know where, but I, I remember distinctly asking Russell that uh, my neighbor, I was like, what happened? Where's, what's wrong with her pussy? You know, where is it? That's true. I totally understand why you were confused. Yeah. I get it too. It makes perfect sense because I remember like being in my fucking twenties, going, "What happened to the fucking hairy pussy?" Like it's gone. <laughs> it's... It doesn't seem like the women all got together all around the world and had a meeting and said, "That's it. We're go we're going bald." That's it. We're gonna make everyone feel today? like perverts these, with these bald pussies. Yeah. <laughs> Was it Playboy that did it? Hustler or porn? I would say uh, I don't porn. Think so. I, I think would say it, porn. It was porn. It was porn. Porn did it. It was not. It was not Playboy or or Penthouse or even Hustler. But yeah, it's Hustler it, would show the vagina, the hairy, hairy vagina. <laughs> and they would show it like, "Hello, look at this blossoming flower." <laughs> no, it went. It went from. It went from Playboy was like, "Look at me," and Penthouse was like, "Look at me with my legs spread." And then Hustler was like, look at me with my legs spread. You know, like, look at yeah. me with my legs spread. That was that was Hustler. And we were all like, whoa, this is the, the new content, you know? Somebody told me that I don't 20s. know. I haven't I haven't bought a Playboy since I when I probably in early 2000s, I worked at a radio station and a and a gas station too. So I would I would buy Playboy then. I got an alarm to deal with, but uh -oh. I, I would buy Playboy then just because I worked there and I was there when they, you know. But take care uh, I, of that. I heard that Playboy doesn't show uh anything anymore. It's like uh PG 13. If he has a Playboy story for you, I gotta go Hurry fix the alarm. Hang shit. On. Okay. I'm actually supposed to be on air in a second, too. Oh shit. <laughs> Tell 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 Ginny your story really quick then, Kitty. Uh, oh, Ginny? Yeah, tell me yeah. your oh, story. Okay. So my grandmother was the funny mother of the Playboy Club in Chicago <sighs> in the That's 60s. Crazy. She had to manage and hire and discipline and fire the Playboy bunnies. <laughs> of it. And what what uh would get them fired? Were you were you if told they were a pound or two overweight of if course. they didn't have their tail perfectly fluffed, you know, their little bunny tail. Mm. Um, if their hair wasn't a certain way, obviously if they were late to work, if they were fraternizing outside of work. So that's just sexist the because they have professional dick fluffers, but not professional <laughs> yeah, <laughs> professional bunny tail fluffers. So in the 60s, remember, this is totally different back then. And so my grandmother said, I can't do this anymore, and she quit. And then she went to be um, a like restaurant concierge, like part of the top of the line for all the hotels in Chicago. So she managed all of that. She was very classy. Huh. My grandma B. 
That's... Which my middle name is named after her. And what is your middle name? Benita. Benita. That's really pretty. So, I you. love that. That's that's such a cool story. Oh my god. Yeah, I that's have a beautiful cool. photo of her at work at the Playboy Cup, but at the Playboy Club in Chicago. If only we could have gone to the grotto. <laughs> oh hum, oh hum, and just popped Viagra in our twenties together out of that big vet that he had. <laughs> Thank you. What do you mean the um of now? The well, like uh, the story. The story was that Hugh Hefner had like a giant, you know, candy jar full of fucking Viagra for everyone. So yeah, in Los Angeles now when he was older, not back then. It didn't oh yeah, when he, yeah when he was older. Yeah, when he was younger, he could turn it and burn it all night long. <laughs> but he probably he probably had a hand in Viagra being made because he got into his thirties. He's like, I can't fuck five chicks a day anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I need something to get my dick hard I mean, in three I hours. Horny weed's not cutting it anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Now poor Dan oh, dealing boy. with an alarm, and he's got to get on the air soon. And he's peeing. <laughs> what does he have to go on the air in six in six minutes? Uh, yeah, it's looking like that. Oh my god! All right. Well, you that know he's good awesome. at multitasking. He's great. I that's impressive for a man. Truly, uh, it really is. I mean, you got a hey, keeper there. He, he don't drink, don't smoke. What do you do? You don't drink, don't smoke. Right? Does he drink? Does he drink? Um, well, I haven't saw him. Um, he says he doesn't, but he has. So on occasion, I guess. Maybe I the Bears smoker, game. But um, what? Maybe the Bears game in uh, November. He'll he'll have some beers with us. Maybe I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> don't drink, don't smoke. What do you do? <laughs> you ready? Yeah. Are you there, Danny boy? We're going to wrap this shit up. You have to go to work. He's almost there, but not quite. I'm almost here. She almost made me Get come. Get your ass down. back here, Danny boy. Let's wrap this fucking Bears Country podcast. Last <laughs> call at Hallis Hall. Segment up. Episode think, number four. Three, I'm, I'm sorry. My bad. I was going to tell you. I think this is the best show we're ever going to do. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I hope everyone can stomach the last hour and a half of it. <laughs> I don't think Jordan could. But no. other than him. Probably not. I I like the how that uh, Aldo asked you about that the other night. You're like, ah, just blah 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 blah. Okay, cool. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, Dan. Well, I hope we it didn't go too there. far off the track still. Like it seemed like everyone was organically having fun, though, is my point. Nope, we were having a lot of fucking fun. Okay, good. That's, That's what we want to do here. We want to have fun. Poor Sonny. Let's call it Hallis Hall. <laughs> no, I feel bad for him there. I could, I could see him like <laughs> he was doing one of these, you know. Ah, uh, they're almost done talking. <laughs> Sorry about that, Sonny. But Dan, you're always a pleasure to talk to. Thank you so much for joining us on Last Call at Hallis Hall again. It's uh, it's one for the ages. This is just going to get better over the course of time. So appreciate you very much. Ginny, it's been a pleasure to talk with you tonight, too. Join us anytime. Speaking to you also. We have to get her a separate mic, Dan. 
Yeah, the other one's not working well, so she's trying to share mine right now. I don't know why the other one's too Oh, low. I got you. But she said, if you could give her this moment. I said it was lovely talking to you also. It was lovely talking to you as well, and I'm, I know that Kitty agrees. So thank you all very much for watching this almost three-hour episode of Bears Country Podcast, Last Call at Hallis Hall with Dan Aguirre and his lovely girl, Jenny, and my lovely wife, Kitty. If you like this content, please make sure that you subscribe, set your notifications, <laughs> and like. I, I, I hate saying it. You sound like a... a please, do you, do you have a... Can you spare a quarter? Can you please spare a quarter? There was this guy. I would take the train down to Chicago every morning to go to art school. I would have to walk like six city blocks. As soon as I got off the train, there's this old man. Good morning. Could you please spend a quarter? And every fucking time I pass him, I had like six bucks in my pocket. I'll, I'm like, I'll give you a dollar. I can still buy McDonald's. So finally one day I said, I'm going to give this guy all of my old sweaters and gloves and hats and coats because he looks freezing out here in January. And I saw him every day for months and months and months. And the day after I gave him all of my coats and gloves and scarves and hats, he disappeared. And then I, about two or three weeks later, I saw him on the other side of the street. Excuse me, can you please spare a quarter? So I always feel bad asking people to like and subscribe and set your notifications. But if you do, like please subscribe and set your notifications because we are for real. We're going to be here. We're going to give you fun, exciting. Hey, the Bears lost 20 to 12, but we still made a good day out of it. We still had fun tonight. And that's because of what we have to offer you guys here. Dan, thank you so much for helping us lighten up our spirits tonight after such a shitty loss that we should have won. And yeah, I, Kitty, yeah, thank you my very pleasure. much for joining us too. My pleasure. No, talking go ahead, finish. To, I was going to say it's my pleasure talking to both of you all, and it's always my pleasure to be around Jenny. So, yeah, it was a great night. You guys have an awesome night. I hope you guys are all showered up, ready to go home and get it on when you're done with this, because it was a good <laughs> conversation. I'm sure you're all fired up. I'm going to go I, do the same with Kitty. I would love to uh, to do exactly what he's intimating. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, you guys have a great night. We love all you guys out there in chat. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next Monday night, not only on the Barroom Network, but here at Last Call at Hallis Hall on Bears Country Podcast. Until then, one, two, three. Bears! Bears!